0: Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 102. Got got this guy in the house, checking my own show. That's Mark (laughs) Fonicati. The episode starts right now. Jesus Christ, you hear that vibration? it's like this
1: oh yeah yeah they're check
0: so check it out outside the studio two doors uh, a few doors down sure they tore down the school and they're building a new one so we're gonna hear this this the crowd won't i mean the audience won't hear but they'll i mean this is that's just a weird feeling i'm hearing my desk start shaking and stuff like that hey what's up people this is episode 102 this is mark fornicari i'm jason DeBeas. this is the option podcast Yo, salute! So good So good to yeah, have yeah, you man. in studio, my man. Yeah, finally made it. Holy sugar, man! It was um, it was pretty cool because we were just talking about like Kevin Knight. Sure. Uh, we were just talking about um, he just made the next round with um, Albrecht, and you played. I guess I'm gonna jump right into it. You sure. you played the Pottstown Rumble. With I did. Albrecht. Um, I have
1: this. This was um, some people don't know this, and I don't know if Nolan um told you this, but this is actually the second time I played with Nolan in the Pottstown. I think it was 2018 I played with him, oh. and we, I think we were either in the quarters, I th- it was somewhere around the quarters, and we were playing Greg Hunter and Nate Ocasio, and Nolan went, no, Nolan went up for a block, it was easy cut shot right to me, We were, I think we were up by two, three, four points or something, and I dug it right to him, but I tried to dig it for him to go on two, and instead I pushed it too tight, and he made one of those kind of like blocking moves at the end, and every he just went down. And immediately rushed over to the tent. I think we ended up finishing out the game, but I, I think I might have even you know, have run up. And uh, he was donezo. Had back surgery out for a year and a half after that. Jesus. So this Christ. was kind of our let's do it again, second round, second time around. But
0: But dude, what a comeback though. What a comeback I mean. though. Look, for everybody listening at home, okay, you follow this beach tournament. Some people only follow the tour. Some people follow AVP America. I've been all over the damn country with AVP America this year, for Christ's sakes. There is something you do not appreciate as far as resilience, resiliency, um, a grind, grueling. And you know what I'm getting to. Oh Playing not just a grass tournament, not just um a side out tournament not just the big court but the Pottstown rumble open for people listening is two days mm-hmm. i played in it before 100 years ago i'll tell you later um but there is something to be respected and there is something to be appreciated about somebody that can do this two-day tournament and it's the last day it's the finals Always finishes late, right? Night lights sure. are on. Not, you know yeah. what's his, but what's his name? Still full of piss and vinegar. Um, Dave Shaw. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's still, oh, he, yeah. he's still. I mean, man, yep. he's he's got something in the drink. Sure. Um, but man, some days he's one of the best guys I've ever uh, play um, MCs I've ever seen. Oh yeah, like almost in any sport. Mm-hmm. And there, but there you are, and there Albrecht is. Yep, you know up against two other. Uh, 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 I mean. You expect to see Lucas there, right? Cause he, he's, sure. He's, he's got the fan base.
1: I mean, that's his tournament. And he cracks the code. I mean, he right? The,
0: the, um, something I noticed about the, the Pottstown Rumble. The, I, I was in it 2002. I played double A, and then I played open, and I finished fifth both times, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty good result. Um, something about that tournament is I, when you get to the final eight, five of those teams are the usual suspects. Sure. Lucas is one of those. So, so that's that draws a picture for everybody.
1: <clears throat> it's a given yeah.
0: Uh, Andre Beloff, <laughs> who saw? I mean, look, who saw that coming? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean he, I mean he's not going to win any awards for male modeling, but I mean he, I mean the guy is just so consistent. I mean, and and it's a credit to them. Um, it, what people didn't see is they were on the top side of the bracket, right? And what they did the best out of anybody is they managed their time well. So that's what I try to do a lot. But what they did perfectly was they were always that first team because it goes, you know, top side of the bracket or left, right, whatever you want to do it. And they always go for, they'll always be the first team out there. You know, you'll kind of get those stragglers that'll go out for their round. But if it's in the middle of the other game where they're resting, they'll be the first team out there to warm up. So it gives them that 30, 40 minute extra that no one else gets and then you know, if they get a, if they dust somebody, they're even getting more time. Yep. So it's just, it's smart on their part. And you, you, I saw it the whole day. They were always that first team on their side of the bracket out there, you know, calling on the other team, let's go, let's go, let's go. But in in reality, it's to get a longer break. Yeah. It's smart by them.
0: It really is. Uh, and as far as energy efficiency is concerned, like I talked to Mark Burek he said most of his energy was spent on serve serve and serve to space sure you know you you, you play in these grass tournaments right there's never i mean let's be real like the never the net is never really set up to eight feet or the no. middle the middle um for our rules people right seven eleven five eights mm-hmm. the middle's no lower than that um so you can operate out of 80% offense. Still, still, you know, still snap your wrist, still throw it down in front of the D if you need to. Sure. And it's so weird because Mark says everybody's twitch uh, changes. When, as soon as someone passes a little bit out of system, the so the guy playing defense, <laughs> it seems like they're paying a little bit more attention. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It's like you get, uh, like, someone is out of system, you get your eyes light up. You're like, oh, finally we can get a point. But in reality, they really have a swing that they, from anywhere, that they can put away. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just it's just a grind of an event yeah, mean, actually, all the way around. Actually, I mean,
0: let's show a little bit. I want to show a little bit of that. I have some footage. Here's here's you off a dig. You slipped. It was so weird. Yeah. I want to rewind that, There's actually. Some, well, I've <laughs> gotten
1: so lazy lately playing defense that I usually just have to get my butt down. I'm, I want to hand dig everything now in my older years, so... To go back to uh, platform digging as I tried to do it there, but wasn't mm-hmm. the best.
0: No, but look, but the I think the important thing was you held at the end. I could go back and tell oh. and show you the importance. So I mean, as volleyball players, or I could show the importance of just holding your holding your platform.
1: If if you were on if you were with me, I think it was around because because um, Nolan talked about this. The match that we had against uh, what was it, Drucker? Drucker and Maxwell? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm oh sorry. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> well, we could <can>
0: say shit. <laughs> in fact, Todd, Todd Sloan is on. Okay. He just said, "Oh hell no. That's Mark." <laughs> yeah.
1: So Todd's got two 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 little sweet courts out in uh, um, Gastonia, North Carolina. He's only invited me once. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see if he he gives me the invite again. Yeah. But uh anyway, speaking back to that um we had a grind with them. And those two both are about what 20 23 and a half median there between the two of them. I mean, they're they're young. They both had bomb serves. And then I believe it was like about 14, 13, in, in, and we had match point. And Nolan digs this ball, and it kind of goes in between. You know how the grasslands have the, the ropes? Yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, normally I'd just be like, let's just go. Let me try to get the point later. But it's 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 possible to win the game. So I go full speed over layout. And I don't know if you noticed, I was wearing a blue wrap around my arm, and people thought I was, you know, I was six years old and practicing passing for the first time and had those sleeves on. But really what happened is I landed on the, the rope. And you can still see it on my on my, on my my arm right here. It cut my whole arm up. Ooh. And then I hit my, my chest on the stake. So as soon as I got up, we didn't get the point. They, of course, one ball it back over after we just oh, passed it Jesus. over. And then I immediately rushed under the tent, got got wrapped up, come back out maybe 10, 15 minutes after. And then uh, Druka rips me for an ace right down my lines, 14-all. But Jesus. they that just like those matches just took so much out of me. And I even cramped against Burek and Caldwell. I remember the last point I was going back there. And if you ever like felt like you were duck walking or, you know, you couldn't feel your legs and you're pigeon toed They you're just coming in. That's how I felt against them. And luckily for, um, Dentler, Donahue, all those guys had, uh, I was just reaching in their cooler, whatever they had. Hey, give yeah. me something, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so they were just feeding me drinks left and right. And that's, and that's really what brought me back. And once the sun went down, that but was it. That was when, it. And yeah.
0: when the lights are up and, and you got to go, you got to go.
1: And, and, uh, and a funny story that no one didn't mention. So we, when we were playing uh, a friend and a uh, joiner in the semifinals, I think they were up. We were up early. They were up. And then it's about, I think, 10 10, 10 or 11 10 might have been 11 10. It was us. And no one hits an ace and they call a timeout. And no one comes up to me and he knows that, you know, if we win this game, we're sitting at least 3,000 each. He goes, uh, if I rip three aces right here to end this game, will you give me an extra thousand bucks? I'm like, I'm 38. I have a job. Sure.
0: <laughs> give you an extra thousand bucks. Sure. sure if I was 25,
1: maybe I might consider it. But I was like, yeah, sure. Take us to the promised land. And he got two to make, I think he got two or maybe it was at 11, 11. I can't remember. He got two. To make it 14 11 i believe and then he was going for his third and i remember going up to burek who was reffing, and i go this is, i told him exactly what happened and he clipped he ended up clipping the top of the tape no side wow out. yeah
0: jesus christ kevin knight just sent me a text he gave me a bracket on who he plays first
1: <laughs> yeah he's got ferrari and vaughn <laughs> and
0: adam has um bico and um joel F- uh, feldkamp uh yeah, yeah Ian Bicko. yeah that's bug, dude. Yeah, so that was. I like the story because, like you said, you you have these expectations of where you want to go, but somewhere in the middle of the tournament, you have to reassess, and then you're like, wait, let's just. If we bang everything out and we can't go any further, at least we finish with three thousand dollars. We got some money and this and that. Like, um, sure. And but then, but Mark, I guess this is said way to continue this this dialogue. When you win, now you have to reassess. Mm-hmm. you are you checking your condition and you you still you're still good to go you sure. and you want to go so t- talk me through that you just won he's got his he's got his 1000 bucks you know who, you you kind of know who you're playing or you're waiting to play whoever plays next yeah i mean we knew, we knew
1: but we knew belloff and lucas were we were going to play next mm-hmm. so and they obviously had that break while we were playing yeah um and i mean it, it's just it, it at that point it doesn't matter really you know Love Andre and Eric. I mean, the two nicest guys, right? Hell yeah. Off the court, you know, you, you get, you know, you go out and drink with them forever. I love them. Yeah. I mean, vodka, dudes. too, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Andre and Eric will go with you all night. Yep. But uh, it's more about just the next team, you know, kind of like Andre was saying that when you, it, it's not really about who you're playing. It's just kind of you controlling what you can do on your side. Right. And I knew, you know, at my age, you got to have a horse in the stable, right? I mean, there were plenty of times where the, the announcers were joking me going, you know, what's it like to be, you know, you're just sitting there while no one's doing all the work. But you got to have a horse like that to to get you those points in the crucial times. And I would always tell him, um, and I even told him this in 2018, if we really needed an ace or something or him to come through, I just I'd just say, this is why I brought you here. I'd give him the ball back. I go this is why I brought oh, him here. Oh, he
0: eats that up, dude. Yeah, yeah. Nolan eats that. Up. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dude, do you know what his major in college was? <laughs> I had it, probably philosophy.
0: Theater performance. Okay. He loves that stuff. Oh yeah. And that's that's a unicorn by the way cuz you you can't the amount of time, and I'm interrupt, Sorry to interrupt, sure. but the amount of time you play in a division 1 or division division 2 sport um that is not for the people listening, that's not that doesn't end when your season's over and it doesn't start when your preseason starts, it's a ten month or a ten and a half month experience. Oh, yeah. So, but and the only thing that even compares to that is theater performance. Yeah, I, I, and I, I had him on the podcast. I'm like, how the fuck did you do that, dude? I went to Marymount Manhattan, but I went to a school that made sure I didn't they didn't have a team because I was. He's mm-hmm. So obsessed, I knew in my heart of hearts I wouldn't go to school. I would just, sure. I, you know, I was at Hunter for a cup of coffee and it, and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, but at least the difference between me and him is he managed both. I'm like, what did you do? Did you add an extra four hours in your 24 hour day? How the fuck did you do that? Dude? Exactly. He is, but you're right. That's he's that he's that type of guy. Yeah. Hey, this is your turn to go get it, and he's like. Right
1: yeah for sure <laughs> well that was the thing back in 2018 when I was talking to Dentler and Donahue I'm going hey you know I'm calling these guys who are you playing with and I think this is the year that they maybe their first win can't remember but I, I go who are you playing with and they're like who well who are you playing with and I, and I go well I, I got I know I got to bring a ringer but the best person was Nolan because he's just coming out of division one volleyball he on his level, he's the leading whatever at Belmont Abbey, everything. Yeah. And then he's the, Every statistical he's the, offensive. In category NCAA, he's he's got the most attempts, and he doesn't know any of these guys, so it's the perfect fit. He thinks he's Michael Jordan, and all these other guys are just you know participants in the NBA. They're and just. He's hands. going out there, going, I don't know who Shane Don, I don't know Andrew Dentler, so I'm just going to rip as hard as I can, like I know I can. So when you get a guy out there who who you know thinks he's the best, it's going to show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just unfortunate that he came up with that back injury but Yeah.
0: But isn't that liberating though to It have is. A partner it is like to that? go. What's yeah, well, exactly. liberating for him? For but sure. for you to be like I'm not going to I'm not going to give him a
1: synopsis on who
0: this guy was tornado. Oh, yeah. No, he he doesn't care. <laughs> he oh,
1: doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> and to he, see him come back from that. I mean yeah. I drove all the way home with him. Somebody gave him pain pills. He's saying God knows what in the back seat of the car for seven hours, seven and a half, eight hours. I drove back. He he was literally waking up every hour, saying you know.
0: Was that when the when he got hurt? When he got hurt. One, yeah.
1: He uh he he drove back, or I drove back, and he, he was saying you know all kinds of crazy stuff in the back. Then I had to help him out of the car into the house, and then the whole surgery and him being out. And what do you know? His first tournament back, we go play just a random Wilmington, and it and it's just it's it's like he's riding a bike, yeah. and we just take it down.
0: Well the good thing about indoor players is especially outside hitters, that ability to take care of first hit. Maybe they gotta they gotta tweak that little in system pass where they're not jamming you. Sure. You know, where they where, you were know, thank god you're a lefty I mean you get to option anyway or whatever, sure. but but there's nothing like an indoor uh, like a, a, an indoor outside hitter that you bring to a grass tournament, which, by the way, levels the playing field for the beach guys, this and that. That's why I call it the most grueling tournament in all of volleyball, possibly all of sports. You just don't. you I mean, it's it. No basketball. No, no NBA player can can do this. They'd yeah. have to prepare for it, of course. Sure. No, no elite athlete from any other sport, including beach, could just go there and, and roll up like like their first place. Because mm-hmm. plenty of beach players have tried. Right. Only fell, you know. Like, won every match or whatever in 2004. Yeah, um, but man, they just, um, uh, David Keeter says the grass master, but still can't handset.
1: <laughs> no, and you know what kind of, <laughs> of offense he he runs like a two ball in the middle. Have yeah. cool. you ever met Pete Devonier? Yep, same type of offense. They like like a two ball. Keeter likes it a little more mm-hmm. on. Uh, Pete Devonier likes a two ball in the middle about four feet off, yeah, and then he just like. Flicks yeah. the wrist, and then he'll just be like, "Hey, Bubba," when he puts it away, and then Keeter'll all just be like, "Yeah, get some, son," or something along yeah. those lines. But Dave's another great guy to play with. I mean, let's
0: um, actually, let's call. <laughs> Let me let's call Kevin. Sure. We'll put him on speaker. <laughs> just just want to mess with him a little bit. If you don't pick up, that's all right. But. We got, we got other things. to I mean, he's probably we're, baking we're in a or podcast. Something. Oh, shit. He's a, he's a chef. That's right. What up, Jess? Yo, what's up, man? I got Mark here with me. Brother, it is raining cats and dogs here. The sky legit just opened up. Like, sunny, hot, all day long. The sky is a sheet of water. Well... I, to my understanding it was it was hundred and five on the sand, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, Forget that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna to I'm just gonna sit in my beach chair in the rain a little bit. <laughs> it was, was hundred and twenty on sand. I don't know where you got information, but, but uh, <laughs> From you <laughs> <laughs> it is really, really hot and now it is really, really rainy. All right, so Listen, so on mine I wanna say congratulations getting to like the next round. Um is this something you Mark, is this something you wanna to say to this dude while I got him on the phone?
1: Uh I talked to him earlier. He he I think he's got the the goods to make it run tomorrow. All right, cool. It's on man. them.
0: All right, that's it. That's all I got. We're gonna we're gonna bring the you know that. Be a lot of steam on that court. All right, cool, man. I'll talk to you later, Kev. Appreciate you, Jeff. So um God, I just forgot what the hell we're talking about. I like back to the unassuming, the unassuming nature, like for Beach, the easiest thing for me to translate from the indoor to the beach was first hit. Um, I was a setter, but I I mean, it was easy. It was easy and hands Um, I I didn't really have to catch and throw. Have you ever seen Chris Austin set Um, Some his release? Is the same, and it's still clean for the people who are spin Nazis or whatever, whatever league league rules um sure. di- dictate that spin, right? And as a part as opposed to what rules rules are, and I guess yeah, you don't you don't handset, you don't really need to.
1: I never handset. Yeah, I handset one ball two weeks ago. We were playing, or not two weeks ago, but about a month ago, Nolan and I were playing in a grass tournament, getting ready for Posse Town and I handset one ball, but I handset it over.
0: Okay. Yeah, there it is.
1: <laughs> no, it came but, out clean, but it went right to the other team. Well, look at all of the great players.
0: So, um, John Hyden. He yeah. doesn't use
1: his hands. Um, Ali San. So I'll tell you where I got it from. So coming up, I used to battle, like play a lot of Virginia Beach tournaments. And I played against Eel Zimmett. And Eel, I remember playing him. I had to beat him twice because it was a true true not like you know true double elimination e yep. yeah and I beat and I, remember, I think we beat him the first game or we might have lost I can't remember but we were playing that second game one to 28 and afterwards um I was always bump setting at the time and he was always and I kind of asked him I said you know how come you bump set all the time I, I just have done it because I haven't worked on my hands and he goes he said right to me he said I never lost a point hmm. And that always stuck in my mind. So I said, if I'm going to get good at something, let me develop the other skills in my game. If I'm able to bum set all of these different types of offense, because I've played with so many different people and run so many different kinds of offense, that if I can get away with bum setting, then I never have to kind of work, worry about that too. And, and yesterday is a prime example. I played against, um, I trained with uh, Mark and Burek and uh, Cody Kalba. Okay. And I couldn't find Burek's window to save my life, right? Bum setting. But then when I was running through all the drills, I thought about, I don't handset during the game. So during these drills, I need to make sure that I'm always bump setting because even though it takes more energy to bump set. Because you can't just take a play off and be lazy to the ball no, and then handset but- it. But it, but that's what I naturally do during a game. So I should continue that. Now on the, on the other side, I'm lazy in my older years and I'll handset everything in warm-ups. But that's more of me... Hand setting is not to mess them up in their hitting rhythm, but it's more of me in my mind thinking where they want the ball. So I'll hand set it to where I think they want the ball, and then I'll kind of muscle memory that to my platform, if that makes any sense. It makes
0: perfect sense. Look, uh, for the purposes of drills where you're warming hitters up, yeah, use your hands or whatever, um, where you're in a certain drill where – look, we have something called warrior – um, John Mayer from LMU because I was his assistant we had something called warrior or Neville where every every play was involved real time or whatever so those are the plays where if you if you're bump set and if you're not a handset or use use whatever and those are, and the players are able to lock in because you're really just one you're really just trying to warm up get a moving and the other one is the real-time appreciation so it's 100 percent cosign on what you what you're talking about you know Ricardo another guy that doesn't use his sure. hands. Uh, um what definitely he's got the gauntlet right? He's got the he's got the he's got the three um, three Infinity Stones <laughs> right yeah, I mean, from I mean, the from the Olympics. He's his, got the, the bronze, gold, and silver. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: and then, and it's a funny story about him. I actually mm-hmm. so I knuckle pokey a lot, right? Yeah. And Ricardo, I was playing him in Reed, in t- I think 2017 Manhattan Beach, mm-hmm. and they were a first round match. And I knuckle I knuckle pokey all the time, right yeah. hand, left hand, and I knuckle poked over Ricardo, and he stepped on my foot. And then turned around, made a play, got it up, put it away, and then screamed at me in
0: Portuguese.
1: Yeah, I was like, and then the ref's like, don't piss him off. I go, obviously the guy's a black belt and tight, ty- you know, yeah. whatever mixed Bra- martial arts. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, jiu- yeah. You name it, he's probably got it. And after the match just was over, he was, we yeah. were just like, you know, he was so nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, But his bump setting, I mean, just, it- it's on point every time. Yeah, I mean, anywhere he's at. He's at he gets his, he gets his body around he squares up and, he's and again he never loses a point no
0: and square look shoulders to the pole is a real thing ladies and gentlemen I mean you teach your for, for the people who teach your juniors or the people who coach college me I've done um I think in just the last five years alone if you could just take the rest of my career and say it doesn't mean shit the, the, mm-hmm. the 19 years prior just the five years mm-hmm. alone neck deep and in, and in, in showing people the importance of that and just the hitter. Um, gets like all of his range back just from you doing the right thing from setting. Just from, sure. not to the antenna. I mean, to the antenna, some your your margin for error is tight where they they, they kind of do this or or they kind of have to do something behind the head. Sure. Um, but no, to the pole where they can move in and out. Any 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 decent hitter with a four step approach is gonna go boom boom boom, and Ricardo does it well. Um, I watched you play. Um, uh, I have a small sample size, but I watched two entire matches. I watched two, both in the Pottstown Rumble, and um, and of course, sorry, I watched you play that beach tournament where I kind of like tease you I'm like this dude. I'm like this dude's drinking. <laughs> Whatever. Right. I remember that, but um, which is how we met. I think it's pretty awesome that we're we're sitting here, yeah. we're, <laughs> having a drink. Yeah. Uh, but um, I really really like that. I wanted to talk about we. There's a whole a slew of things because I got a great volleyball mind in the house, and given your age, you and I can we can name drop ad nauseum i mean say sure. Se, Janako, uh mike Salah, greg hunter these yeah. are all of the guys that that i helped prepare you know the tournaments so um i was still playing indoor but i just want to have a little fun with who we think is going to get into the draw i got yeah. a list and we definitely have to talk some olympics i want to talk some olympics with someone Let's who gives it. a fuck man you know i mean it's that's you on this podcast in studio no less, golden.
1: <laughs> I mean, I my uh, God didn't bless me with the best reading and writing skills, but uh, no. I have a bank. I work for Bank of America, but I there but it when it comes to the sports, and a lot of guys will tell you this. Um, my memory in terms of you know plays and what the score is, and I mean, Bjork was even joking me yesterday about it, and how I can remember supercomputer these plays and what the switches were, and and you know you, it it I don't know. It's like... God just blessed me with that ability to remember yeah. crazy stuff.
0: Well, there's two things they say you, you you retain in memory. Things that happened a long time ago. Like... I'm old enough to remember my home phone number. Right? Um, I mean so speed Dallin, I'm not gonna I'm not anyone that's new I'm not gonna remember anyone's sure. number I, I know my wife's number if in case I lose my phone by heart uh, Ken Bassaraf my, my guy from the east coast um I was his college coach in 2001 so we go back that far um Arezio, um and yeah, so there's a kind of memory that, whatever, um, college, uh, I played in Germany. I've rem- I have memories of those, but I can't remember the coach's name. I can't remember my coach's name, mm-hmm. but I can remember scores. I can remember, you remember certain plays. It's 14 up. It hit this, like it hit Rafi, met Rafi Paulus, right? It hit his, oh yeah, it hit his head, goes over, right? So yeah, man, and, uh, you're, hey, you're, you're in, again, you're on the right podcast. So let's take a look. This is the men. Okay. So this is bracket one, which I call the. Um, this is equivalent. If you watch the UFC, this is the 155 pound division. Now Now you these, might not. These yeah. are assassins. Now you might not
1: know, but I I follow the UFC pretty pretty regularly. Um, and that's probably anything combat sport related, I, I follow pretty pretty closely. Hold up.
0: Let's go back. Let's go back. Right here. Yep.
1: Oh uh, <laughs> me, dude.
0: What do, what do you think these two TVs are for? One's for the Olympics, no. one's for the UFC, and one, one's for I've, I'm um since 2005. I, I'll call myself the um a uh, season one boomer, the tough one. I'm a, so. Fifteen years, and then you start watching back matches. Uh, oh, for sure. You know, um, for his, sure. his first run. You start watching Dan Severin, or or um, who's my guy that was like punching his Japanese dude in the face? They just went to the middle of the cage and they just held each other with one arm, and it looked like a hockey fight. I forgot his oh. name. He looks like Severin. What's his name? Um, big old uh-huh. Magnum Pi mustache. You're talking. To- um, I'll remember him. It'll come. It'll come
1: to me later. But you're you're, you're talking about. Uh... Big, big, jacked guy, kind of yeah.
0: He really looks like Severin though, and he's got that 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 you know. All I want is just to have a beer and smack my old lady on the ass. You know, he's he's kind of like that that guy. And I remember it. Um, not important, but it'll come back. Sure, but that's how far back i go I, i'm um, i'm also ex military so i learned okay. a lot i learned a lot of that stuff but my my style was more about survival as opposed to competition so so if i see something i know i know where the carotid arteries are i know if i know different types of chicks, Sure. you know across the windpipe asphyxiation and shit like that so cuz i had to break that down to people when Garner got choked in Staten Island uh, and and people like oh if, if he can't if he, if he can't breathe how could he say I can't breathe and I'm like because it's a different kind of choke mm-hmm. that kind of choke here allows you to t- to exhale but you can't take air and it's like breathing like underwater you could blow bubbles but try sure. to take in, the, in air <laughs> good luck with that yeah I wish so, I knew
1: I wish yeah. I knew more of the uh, ins and outs of yep. you know what everybody the 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 nature of how Khabib is so good and Jeez. and you know how what what level he is in terms of his um, he his wrestles sambo his, I know. <laughs> in terms of his sambo and everything. But uh, as a fan, you know, just kind of the hype around every fight. And uh, and, and I really want – I mean, my girlfriend will tell you. she She's like, if you don't stop talking about volleyball and UFC, I mean she – I'm going to scream. I'm going to scream. Yeah. And that's, that's the main two things I talk about. Mm-hmm.
0: Look, she, my girl tried to get into it. She walked into the room. Do you know when she walked into the room?
1: Oh, probably like when McGregor's when, f- stepping out, the f- face could be.
0: No, when Anderson Silva, a rematch against Chris Weidman. Mm. And they showed a replay. And
1: you're from New York. And they and
0: showed, no, but they showed a replay of the leg kick and oh, what happened geez. to his leg. Uh, That's the one The one match she decided to give this whole MMA <laughs> thing a try. I'm like, oh, my
1: yeah, God. Yeah, tormented.
0: That's like watching American History X. And, sure. and like the only part you walk in. Is the curb stomp. Put your fucking mouth on a curb. Yeah. It um, dude, it's just oh, oh my god. So yeah, yeah I look
1: how jacked I, Edward Norton got for that film is unbelievable. <laughs> Wasn't he? Yes, he's I always girl- the skinniest dude. He's like me in the in the in the films, and then and then he comes in this and he looks like he's just yoked out of his mind. I had a girl that watched
0: Primal Fear <laughs> and she's like, I like Edward Norton, but in every BNA lister, he's just he's just not attractive. This is 1996. He's just not attractive. He's a good actor, but he's not that kind of whatever. Two years later, or, or whatever. Uh, oh my God, he's so hot. I'm like, this is the same girl. You call him hot now. He's hot now, right? Yeah. He's hot with his little sw- uh, awesome. swatch sticker Jeez. tattoo, right? Uh, but but he wasn't hot when he was a lawyer in People versus Larry Flint. And and she's right. He got dude. He got Jack for that. Tyler Tyler's trying to get us back on track. She's like, Mark and Cody are making it. So let's go to this. Let's go back to this.
1: Well, I did play them yesterday, and I was walking down the strand with, with Cody. And, I and you know, I played them in Pottstown. And the way they were serving yesterday, uh-huh. I mean, they were just teeing off. Yeah. I mean, granted, the wind was coming from my right shoulder, mm-hmm. and there was bombing balls in my right shoulder. But I, I'd say, I was just like, they're playing very well right now. Dude. And they're running a lot of shoot sets, and they look good. Yeah. I mean, if they see Is
0: Cody Colmore like the biggest hitman for hire or what? <laughs> I mean. Yeah.
1: I mean <laughs> – Cody's a tough one to read. I mean, super nice guy. Um, you know, he uh, he's just sometimes he, you think like he's there mentally. And then yep. sometimes he's, he's thinking, of, you know, maybe he's one of those book smart guys who's just, you know, thinking about calcul- calculus all the time. But
0: So listen, for everyone who's who's on the live feed right now, I'm, I'm only having y'all with me for a couple of minutes. But let's use this time. You guys comment with us, okay? Um, so this is the first
1: bracket. I got... Who is that? I'll blow it up if you want. Let's do that. Um, I don't even know those. I, I think they're from Atlanta. So Stocks I got pitch.
0: yeah. I don't know, but one, you know what? When with respect to them, won't nobody know them after this match. So I got Drost and advance advancing. I think that's I got, pretty clear. Ooh, this is here, here, here's
1: your uh, here's what your your dude, friendship versus what you think.
0: My friendship. <sighs> Who are they gonna serve though?
1: Uh, who's who going to serve?
0: No, with that I already know they're going to serve um, Hagen Smith because uh, Jeff. I know Jeff thinks he 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 and Dylan can defend against. Now him.
1: I watched Sunday. Mm-hmm. I rode out and I was I watched Hagen and Robbie play Burek oh. and Caldwell. And It was just me sitting there.
0: Nasty, right now, aren't they?
1: Um, now this is jumper sand, So Robbie's not going to you know he's going to be able to get to the, the shorter serve uh-huh. better where he looked like he you know had too many tenzo tees. But uh, he, I, I like Hagen and Robbie, honestly, and I love Jeff and Dylan. I mean, two super nice guys. But I gotta take I Hagen moment, and Robbie,
0: and mom, you have every reason to pick them. You, did you see him in Atlantic City?
1: Oh yeah, it looks from really the
0: qualifier good. all the way to the semifinals. This is a hundred k purse, man. It's twelve thousand yeah. dollars first prize, and these guys are on that nasty and, ass end, uh, um, getting it in. Sorry.
1: And another thing with Robbie is. I met Robbie back in, I don't know, when he, before he stopped playing. He was playing with Billy Allen in Cincinnati. And this is when I met Robbie. And we kind of hung out the whole weekend. And I remember this guy, it was almost as if volleyball was a job to this guy. You know, it, it was at the time. And yeah. now when I looked at him Sunday, he looked like he was having fun. I mean, granted, Money in the Bank does that. But he looks like he's just carefree in the world. Mm-hmm. And and he's having fun. And him and Hagen have this general like good relationship, similar to Dylan and, and Hagen.
0: Jeff. Hagen too, though. But dude, Hagen right now looks like he's having fun too. They do, they do. And they, uh, oh man, and I guess they play better because let me tell you something. I, I, the, the last few tournaments we've seen them, yep. Look, they didn't have the result they wanted in Coconut Beach, but they look good in that too.
1: Yeah. I I, I still think Robbie and Hagen will uh will take right. this match. No 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 shame on Jeff and Dylan. I mean, I am a prisoner of the moment. I'm going Jeff and Dylan. Okay. Three sets.
0: And I think um Okay, let's go Ben Vaught Brandon against John Schwangel and Devon Berkey.
1: Wait, who Devin, who is this? Oh, Vaught Devin. and Clemens. Now I've I don't know who Devin is. I've I played do. the other three.
0: Handsome as handsome as fuck, dude. I mean I'm a little I might be a little gay for that guy, but Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Um he's got a uh, a name that ends with an I like yes. mine, so mm-hmm. I, uh but besides that I'd probably take Vaught and Clemens. I mean they have that partnership. Yeah.
0: And also when you have, And they have an you,
1: asterisk next to their name or uh, when you
0: yeah, Clemens does. But when you get <laughs> but listen, when you don't play with each other a while and you come back, that's like that old relationship. The things that you miss, there's some things you don't miss, and I pick Ben I pick Ben and Brandon too. Yeah. Um Devin though, I hope he keeps playing because I've never seen him travel. I only see Devin play local locally. Okay. I've only seen him play in Huntington, Hermosa, whatever. I never see him travel. So now Schwangel's a super nice yeah. kid. He really is. He really is, but he ain't there yet. Now, uh, as far as um, constant pressure is concerned he's talented and he can do some things but I'd like to see him do the things that he does well um, consistent is such a lazy word I just want to see him do it more game in and game out but so another good one this is Corey and Weber
1: now I have no idea who these other nope. two are and and no offense to Seth and Jacob I asked Kevin about these two mm-hmm. and he said that, um he knew them mm-hmm. Um, but up against the hottest team probably in the ABP Next Gold Series Tour. No, no doubt. And and Logan, I, I tell you um, funny story about him. We were at uh, Adam Roberts, and it was kind of a joint Adam Roberts-Phil Dollhouser birthday celebration in January. Yeah. And I drove down to Florida, and I hung out with um And Logan and I were like, she, you know, there was all these beds. John Sutton had a house. It was, you know, to the to the roof. And Logan and I went out. And man, did we get crazy. I mean, at the end of the night, Logan and I were on a roller coaster. This is during COVID. On a roller coaster together. And Logan's got a shirt off, just swinging it in the air. It's like three in them. How they even let us on this roller coaster is beyond me. He is just hammered beyond belief. And I don't know how we got home. And I just remember waking up the next morning and Logan comes in. He's 10 years younger than me. Plus, and he comes in. He he went out to, you know, uh, Bob Evans or something, and got us breakfast and brought it back for us. I mean, I had a great time with the kid. He's he's <laughs> he's real.
0: I met him at FIVB. Um, sorry, guys, I'm sharing uh, this live video because I'm. Want, I think more people want to um, participate. So, ooh,
1: twelve. Uh, Tyler said twelve and fourteen.
0: Yeah, he's got balls. Tyler, you got balls, but you might be right. Evan and Logan, Yeah, So so now we agree on these two. Who wins? between Corey and Weber and Brandon and and Ben.
1: Now, I've knocked out uh, Clemens and Vaught in Austin a few years ago, Mm -hmm. um, which was with Brian Tillman. And we blocked Clemens' angle. Now, I got the scouting report from Kolinsky before we went into this game. And they told me to block, you know, just run fours and twos against Clemens the whole time because he loves to hit angle. He does. And take Vaught out of the game. And that's kind of what we did. But Corey and Weber, you know, they're... They're it, on fire right now. They're they the are. Most,
0: they're the most improved. I think the most improved player is Rafi Polis, but the most improved team is is Weber. And yeah.
1: Him. I think actually, I think the difference maker is how good Ben will dig balls. Because if he can dig balls and mm-hmm. he can take over a match like I know he can, Yeah. if he gets back to that 2017 or you know 18 kind of the way they were gelling when mm-hmm. they first started playing together, Vaughn can be the difference maker because he's the best defender on the court. He really is out of the, out of the three, of out of the four of them. Yeah, and if he wants he's, to,
0: and it's, he's swinging heavier. Did you see him play with Bruno? Yeah. But um, yeah, he's he's swinging
1: heavier. I really like it. I I think he could be the difference maker. Um, now to say that you have to t- kind of take that the hotter team when you have Evan and uh mm. and Logan. Um, on but, a
0: neutral ground, I got I gotta go with. I gotta go with Evan and, and Corey. I, gotta I think with, if I mean, if, Evan if, Corey and Logan Weber,
1: if they played mm. that match. Mm. In Manhattan next week, I I think it's a much closer game. I think yeah,
0: I I think I when you problems. play
1: on jumper sand in Atlanta, mm-hmm. it's gonna favor Corey and Weber.
0: Yeah, but Brandon loves him some deep sand, uh, Clemens. Yeah, the, our Harvard boy. They're like there are so many ways that a guy can hit cross court. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Look, I, I was w- working with Jeff Samuels and Dave Palm at Huntington Beach, and they beat they beat us two and a uh, him and him and um no, it's Dylan Merrick. So that's I know that's a different story because Dylan's nasty. So I guess I, I'll pick another example. So I like I like Corey and Weber to go to the finals for that. Now here, every draw said Miles Partain. Do we have them beating either Robbie Page and Hagen, or J- or Dylan and Jeff?
1: I think if they beat if they, you know, it's no knock again on on Dylan and Jeff. But I think if they face Dylan and Jeff it will be a lot closer of a match. But I think they may pull it out. Right. But I think what Jeff and Dylan could win. But I think if they play Hagen and Robbie, I think Hagen and Robbie win.
0: And that's where I think I'm going. I think Styles make matchups. And for some reason, anyone whose last name is Partain, you can't, you can't think of a, of a worse matchup for someone. Like Jeff is like athletically probably the most superior out, out of all four of them, but... I mean, I remember that first match against the Partains. I remember I was coaching him in uh, Vandermeer, New York, him and Doc. And they lost to the, to the Partains in three sets in, in uh, the qualifier. And, and every, everywhere he goes is a goddamn Partain. So I, I, I actually pick Drost and Partain to face Corey and Weber. Okay. Um, and, I would that's, take- and that's the question. And right now, I'm. This is where I veer from everybody else. Everyone, like, I love me some every draws, so and I know y'all are some sensitive motherfuckers out there, but I'm attacking volleyball players with volleyball. So sure. I'm picking right. Besides NBA people, is there any more sensitive than a, than a goddamn volleyball oh, player? Kevin Kevin Durant's you know, got the most sensitive oh, guy out there. The, well, that's that's a different the levels to that too. That man created his own. He created a fake account to defend himself.
1: You just got it. I
0: mean, so, LeBron. <laughs> You're like,
1: that's a hell of an Le- idea. You're Le- like, wait, that's I know. a, a fuck. I know LeBron <laughs> almost used to need to call him up and be like, Katie, just just uh, live in paradise with the multi-millions you got and just don't mm-hmm. worry about any of the haters.
0: Yeah, don't read the reviews, man. I mean, look, on a small scale, I got a lot of haters. I can't, I, And I can't imagine, that dude's got millions of fucking followers and I'm like this little tiny little podcast. I got people, I do appreciate I people
1: calling me a tool. I do appreciate that he blasted, what's his name, um, uh, Ian Rappaport out. I I thought that was good.
0: Dude, yeah, sometimes you got to do it because sometimes reporters yeah. could be weasels like that. Sure. Just to, and and Rappaport already has it has an in He's got to make some. He's got to he's got to decide on how what he wants to report or this or that. Like Ariel Hawani. Yeah. there's a reason why him and Dana don't like each other. And I love what Ariel's Her- doing for the sport, but Ariel could be a freaking weasel sometimes. Dude. For sure. He could be a freaking weasel.
1: There's dude. there's always Dana's side, Ariel yeah. side, and then the truth. But so when
0: you listen to both stories and you and you formulate your own, don't we both come up with the same thing? Ariel saw a story and, and he knew and, and he, to him he was doing his job. But to Dana, there's a there's a line a, where
1: you can't cross. And well, when, he, almost got when he reported when he reported that um, Brock Lesnar fight. Yeah. Is when he crossed the line. Yep. Like Dana White should be the person that he's he seems cool down to earth. He might be a dick you know to some people the way he kind of handles it but I feel like if you just had a, a normal conversation you went out Dana would take you out to the best restaurants do whatever with you and you would always have that rapport with him and I feel like that guy would always have your back yep. but as soon as you turn on a guy like that mm-hmm. he'll never forget But and it's even
0: worse because even with Dana you can come back you know uh, time's the best healer and sometimes he's like alright I'll shake Tito's hand you know, uh, you know he's still a moron to me but let's just let bygones be bygones not with Ariel, man. The man yeah. took him off the Floyd Mayweather. Um, yeah. he took him. Uh, um, d- took his credentials from that, so he yeah. couldn't even follow that that Crazy. press tour. So, but 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 that was different because Vince McMahon and Dana were ready to fire sections of people that that who who thought might have leaked the story. Mm-hmm. So. If this just because this guy reported the story, he put a lot of people's jobs in jeopardy, and that's what dang pissed off Dana. Oh, for that the sure. guy's just like, I'm just doing my job. That's bullshit. I mean, and that's that's where I call bullshit. You couldn't, it cost Ariel nothing to, to it. It didn't build his brand more or less to break that story, uh, break that story. I mean, he thought it moment. would, yeah yeah and that's that weasel shit right there you know i mean i'm and i don't i don't not want Ariel to be part of the sport the the, the sport i love the mma hour i I can lose time i can lose time doing some real work when i should be doing some real work listening to the interviews and and watching pick people's brain and and i take between him and joe rogan this podcast is possible because of them because now i know how to talk to people and not
1: yeah i mean there's whatever their hands above better than the espn guy
0: yep so do we have so if so basically what you're saying is if we pick if we pick Paige and Smith to get to the finals you like their chances
1: I like Paige and Smith
0: right now if Paige and Smith make it I well listen my bracket pick for this is Corey and Weber we're taking the longest on this one because it's gonna it's the it's, hardest it's one do you it's murder's a- row
1: yeah this yeah. is the one you don't wanna be in what
0: do we call it One UFC 155 yeah <laughs> Khabib, Ferguson, Connor, <laughs> for sure. If you, I mean, and the worst part Justin. is
1: the 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 crappy part is with with Aaron Rice getting COVID, and and Rafi and Aaron having a drop. Mm-hmm. It it kills Dylan and J- Jeff, and they have to be like, oh my god, now we got to go through Hagen, now we go to go through Miles and, and Avery, now we got to go through Evan and Look. But it's it's just what happens, you know.
0: Yep. So who do you pick to get out of this? this I think this ha- one breath. I like
1: Hagen and Robbie. That's a and that's pick. just because I think they're playing the best. Pick. And I think Hagan is in a better place in his life. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, from Sunday looking at him, he seems to be enjoying the game. Yep. Uh, Robbie seems to be just enjoying volleyball mm-hmm. and not having to feel like it's pressure on him. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. There's no pressure on you. You're having fun. You're playing with your – like, they seem good friends. Um, 100%. So I, I I like them.
0: I like Corey and Weber, but I gotta tell you, that's a good pick, man. Hagen, but if you've been following them the way we've been following them, and you've been you've been not just following them, you've been at these tournaments playing and competing and whatever. But if you've been following these guys, that's a good pick, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't mess with it. That's a good pick. So um, let's go to the next bracket. For everyone following the live version, we apologize because we're avid mixed martial arts fans. And I feel like Rob McLean's here in spirit. Because if you've ever, you ever seen Sports Debate Tuesday, we cover so,
1: football, MMA, and volleyball. So this is how good my memory is. So you said on a podcast that we had never met. We actually had met before. And that's when I knocked out Rob McLean. I played him in New York City. Ah, with Schwingle. He may have been playing with Schwingle. I'm not sure who he was playing with. who did you play with? I played with a guy named Mike Harrison. Yep. And we knocked him out in the first round, and then you came up to me afterwards, and we talked for about 10 minutes. That was it. Was your hair
0: blonder? I don't know. Does it's it get blonder? Probably or... less receding. Pro- yeah.
1: Probably Probably uh, 3,000 less energy the, drinks. Check out this
0: <laughs> Jufro, boy. Look at that.
1: <laughs> That's where you keep your coffee can. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, where were we? All right. Um All right, we got Peter Connell. I just talked to them on Sunday, too. So, Phil Burrow advanced.
0: Congratulations to him playing with uh, Larry Larry. Salevsky. So, we got Um,
1: Wilmington, South Florida versus uh, Texas Texas. and Texas.
0: Celia Tucker, man, is a ferocious defender, dude. First time I got to see him in Atlantic City. That was the first time I ever seen him live.
1: So, the first time I saw him was in Austin, Texas. He played with David Lee, Mm -hmm. and it was the game to get in. I think they ended up maybe having match point, and they ended up losing – can't remember who it was too, but they were. Uh, I was pretty impressed by him. Now, I watched him play in the CBVA on Sunday against two San Diego like twenty twenty one year olds. Yep. Um, there was some atrocious hand setting going on by the San Diego guys that were, that didn't get called. It's got mangled, huh? Mangled sets, and uh, they ended up losing in three. Uh, Peter and uh, how okay. do you say his name? Sil- um, I just call him Tucker. Yeah. So oh, Silila. Silila. Yeah. Um, but but I thought they were you know they they looked pre- they looked pretty sharp. They mainly served. Well, t- I think they
0: definitely beat Burrow and and Celefsky with respect to my boy Phil. They do. If they um, but, if Phil but again, wins though, but again they I'm don't che- know I'm them. Cheering.
1: They they don't know them. So mm-hmm. I would if I was playing Burrow and and Larry, I would know both of them, so I would yeah. know how to attack them. Versus they don't really know those two guys, so it may be closer than than you think it would be. Now look
0: at that! Jerko's playing with Alex Diaz.
1: It's Ooh. a good, good little South Florida matchup.
0: Grossell's, I think, he's playing his his best volleyball at the right time too. I thought he did really well. And um, another guy that did really well in uh, Coconut Beach, he played with um, yep. um, Nate Yang, yep, Nathan Yang. Doc Van I didn't get to see him play this year, but Doc Doc could be a savage on that jump serve and, and his transition game's nasty when he's on too. So yep. who do you got?
1: Uh, who are they playing? They're
0: playing. Sorry, boom. Let's do that again. Sorry, people.
1: Or are they? P- oh, they're playing TJ. Uh, you know, it, I think it comes down to what shape is Alex in. Is he? Because you know what you're going to get out of TJ. Yep. Uh, you're going to get. You know, guys never going to give up. And then you know what you're getting out of Vandemir. And Grosell plays pretty solid.
0: I got Doc and Michael. I think they're partners where you don't have to worry about their partner, and that's that's um. I and, think
1: that goes three. Yeah. I, but yeah. I, I would have to take if I had to take. I'd take Grosell.
0: Yep. Brewster, and Michael, Boag. Against Marcus, hey Marcus, taking Marcus some time away D-
1: from you. I so, like Bruce.
0: Bruce is playing really good volleyball right now. And again, Boag. He is, is. Boag's another partner where you don't have to deal with your partner, so I pick them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I met I met Mike Boag in Cincinnati the first time. He he was a guy who would uh he would come out with a eight you know ninety ounce he this was like his thing. He had like a ninety ounce um, thermos or, or a a Slurpee mug. And that's what he would drink out of during timeouts. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> All
0: right, Rosner and uh, Chris Vaughn. Oh, um, two,
1: against two Atlanta guys, Banks and Pedro.
0: I go with Jake and Chris. I think Jake's jump serving has improved significantly, and it was already it was already good. And Vaughn, Vaughn really just needs to not beat himself. Yeah, they think, they, play, they play they- very well together.
1: Now Banks and, and uh, Pedro. Pedro is very. It's a big dude. Yeah. Um, It'll come down to can can banks side, side the ball out against those two, yeah. which I'm assuming Jake will block full time like they usually do. And want to play D. Yep, it, it's a similar mold to uh, to Corey and Weber.
0: Yep, I, I got to know Jake really well because I coached um, when they played when I was coaching Jake and um, Earl Earl Schultz and mm-hmm. Jake Jake Arudia. Um, we lost to them in three, but first set we lost because they called an over over the net on Earl Schultz. I and, can see that. And the down ref was like, I'm, you know, whispering, "Yeah, I'm with you." That was bullshit, Hi. you know, because the whole time I'm trying to talk to the ref, and and they allow me. I guess I I have some kind of star power. They allowed me to say something to the ref. I'm just like, I don't know what you expect Earl Dill to do when this set is floating, you know, and it's maybe it's about to come over, or maybe you have to wait till this to to a, a portion comes where you do either do this. And it gently trickles into the coverage, or you fucking redirect, or you hit it, and sure. and he chose to to outreach him. They, they they both almost hit it at the same time. And the and the top breath, it was like it was crazy. It was like an eighteen up thing, and then they got that point, and then they got the first set, and we got the second set. But Jake caught fire in that third set, and Jake 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 killed me. Jake is also the guy I played when I played in Manhattan Beach. I played um I played one, I wanted to play Rosner? one before I got too old. Yeah, I played him and TK, okay. um, him and Kohler. Um, oh, yeah, it's Manhattan UK. Beach first round so and I thought they were very cool and chill and I, and I me, I was expecting more serves I got one serve I beat a four block switch and that was it I, just, I was a setter for the rest of the game I played with Tyler Lucas so um, uh, those, those
1: those two guys are great dudes off the yeah, court man. too
0: yep yep can't say enough uh, nice things about them so let's go to Burek and Caldwell the hitman for hire
1: oh against uh, Holman so I <laughs> funny story about Holman uh, I was playing in, a, in the uh, dig the beach. Is it dig the beach? Is that the series down in Florida? Yeah. Yep. I was playing against him, and he he made an atrocious call on me, and I was so pissed at this dude. I literally reamed him out on <laughs> Fort Lauderdale Beach, and and ironic enough, the next week I get him in Chicago in the AVP, hmm. and literally just obliterated him, and it was just like, <laughs> I, I Portakari holds the grudge. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it was it was awesome. <laughs>
0: oh, That's great. So, before we go to those guys, let's finish this sec- the second bracket. Sure. Um, this looks almost like a beer bracket compared to the first one. Yeah,
1: this is the bracket you want to be in. This
0: is so. Do you think Peter Canole and Celia pull us out can against Rosell and You Can see man? the names? Okay. You can yeah, see yeah, yeah, the names.
1: Yeah. Okay. I got LASIK. Cool. Man. Um, you know. Just because I, I really, you know, off the court, I I really respect Peter Connell. Yep. I think he's I think he's one of the most genuine people that plays beach volleyball. Seems that way. And uh, I I really like his game. Um, I and I just think he's, I think they will advance in this if they play Grosell and Vandermeer.
0: I got Rosner and Vaughn to win the whole thing. Uh, oh now for now the, for down below bracket. you got you got yeah um, I do
1: pick Canole and Sila Tucker I, now I just... here's where Vaughn's gonna yell at me because Vaughn and I are pretty close but he also dicked me over in the uh, clash this year so <laughs> did you hear that <laughs> yes. where is it did you hear that he told me the ball I knew the ball was in but anyway I actually like Bogan Brewster to, oh okay. to beat Rosner Ro- and Rosner and Vaughn.
0: So so basically, your pick is Canola and Tucker to beat um, Brewster and Bog.
1: You know, you know it's like, oh gosh, this is a tough one. Because it's you got to think too. It's jumper sand, so it's different. If if this was Formosa, I would pick. I would probably pick Connell and Tucker, even though I I saw him in Manhattan lose to that San Diego team. But, you know, I'm going on a limb here. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Bog and Brewster win this. That's hey,
0: that's his upset special, boys and girls. I picked Jake Rosen and Chris Vaughn because it's jumper sand, and I think Chris Vaughn. I mean, if you've ever seen him play opposite, uh, for um, oh yeah, uh, Santa Santa Barbara, he was he was just this this amazing guy at a D zone, out of you know the red set, and for him it'd be more of the same because he is one of those. He doesn't. I don't see him play a lot of grass, but I do know that. His mechanics, the muscle memory is there. So it'll be there for jumpers. I'm taking some
1: underdogs here. Yeah, man. You are dude. It's gonna be fun take, look. Who do I take? Hagen and then both. Yes.
0: Look, you might be you you're gonna come out the other end man. of the smell like a rose. I must I got, be
1: I must be down in Vegas trying mm. to hit that one <laughs> that one last trick to get back to even. I get, look, <laughs> I
0: got Corian and Weber over Samuels and Cox. So <laughs> and yeah. Jeff is staying at my house next week. Oh. <laughs> so um all right, so next bracket we have Burek. I didn't think this would take so long. Sorry about this. I thought we would just talk a little bit about this shit. We might be here till seven. Um, hey, this thing holds two hours and 26 minutes, so we
1: good. Uh, I take Bjork. Me too. Um,
0: Who do you got? Beans. And, this is a great matchup. Beans and Frazier.
1: This is the best matchup of first round. One hundred
0: percent. But yo, both of are served to space right now. Beans and Frazier. It the tent, the, like the relentless pressure. Uh, they're not changing up. It is. It is a hundred percent shake the gods uh, middle you know that, dr- that drop that that um, we see Weber do that drop that jump serve that drops in the middle all nasty ooh I got them I got them now I've,
1: I've played with ha- I'm friends with all four of these guys yep know them all extremely well Um, four great guys off the court now you know I gotta give it to Tomas and Max okay there we go and Frazier's gonna kill me on this one and stills Beans but I I I like um, I think they're very. If this was in Manhattan next week, I would take Frazier and Beads. But if but on jumper sand, the Max and Tomas Tomas jumps out the gym. Yeah, Tomas is. I mean, jumps out the gym.
0: <laughs> I mean, does. he's
1: got this giraffe tat on his on his arm, and he's just going up, and it's like uh, I played him in Wapak in the semifinals mm-hmm. back in I think it was 16, 17. Yasmin, Call, and I won. We played him in the semifinals. He's playing with Maxim Gladden, who's married to Marina Samade. They live in Ukraine. Okay. And, I mean, just trying to dig these guys. It was like basically us playing indoor, two-on-two. I mean, these guys were just jumping out of the gymnasium. Thank God they made some hitting errors.
0: All right. So, for you, down goes Frazier. Um, Dache and Dave Palm. I saw them playing Atlantic City. That's a a heads-up pick. That's a a hands-down pick. There's some close ones. This ain't close. Now, the Sorry. first
1: guy on the list, I, I've played more in the last 10 years than anybody. Angel? Yeah. I mean, yeah, on hell, yeah. I, I play him 50 times a year. uh, But Dave and Angel, now I'm playing with Lehman next weekend here. Oh, cool. So that was, uh. luckily I got a partner for next weekend, but. um. That's he'll, a tough. Yeah, he'll that's He'll a- be pissed here that I'm taking Angel and Dave, oh. but.
0: Yeah, this look. This ain't the podcast for sensitive dudes, man. Nah. You got this. Look, you got Mark Fornicari and Jason DeBeas in the same room with with this. I brought that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hope I don't get flat. I, ca- I kept it away from the camera. It's from um, Costco. <laughs> Costco, my man. Um, Love Prima. Um, sorry. Let's do that again. This is an interesting match. Lev- so.
1: Funny story about Lev. We we, we taught him to say because um, he's Russian. We we taught him to say, um, "How's your mama do?" Mm-hmm. And he just like says this. I was rolling down the strand the other day, and I just yelled this to him, and he just screams from the court. I mean, Russian people are like Andre. They're yeah. funny people. I mean yeah, they. they are. I mean they're great to go party with.
0: Dude, they, there's not a better race of people to to have fun who, with. Them.
1: Now who are they playing, Lev? Oh, Kevin Coyle. He's yeah. a good dude too.
0: Yeah. Oh hey, this is the good dude's bracket, right? I know.
1: Chris Frazier, like it's
0: there's levels of goodness too, and Chris Frazier's I mean, as good as it comes.
1: I think Kevin gives him some run, but but Levin yeah. Levin them face Angel. For
0: me, I have Burek and Coldwell for the whole thing. I think Beans and Frazier against Mark and Cody is gonna be tight for that semis. My pick to win this whole bracket is Mark. And the path, the path. I think he beats. Now, I think he beats Bra- Fraser and Beans, and I think he beats I, um, Dutch and Palm. Yeah, Ooh. that's a good one.
1: Um, I think it's. It comes down, and and Dave will probably give. I'll probably get a text from Dave tonight. I'll. I think it comes down to can Dave now the, when I played Dave, he was very young the first time I met him, and he literally hit, was hitting the ball straight down, and now he's kind of gone into that Mike Morales like let me hit the ball super like clean everything yeah. is smooth and it's no knock on the game but i just want to see that Dave Palm that i first met that cave man. i want to hit i want to see that right side like two foot line bounce that he still has in his arsenal yep. because Mark and Cody will challenge you and they played so well yesterday that i mean you know what you're going to get on Angel i mean he's going to be just detonating um, but it's Dave who it's going to come down to. Can he? Because they, because Mark and Cody know that he's going to hit that high jumbo Agreed. to try to show them that hey, you can't stop me. But it's going to ultimately come down to can Dave take over the game? And if Dave can take over the game, he's the best player on the court.
0: You have jumper sand, all right. You have jumper sand with one of the best servers in the game, Angel Dache. And Dave Palm I, that. and Dave Palmer, the net Palm blocking.
1: Yes, I think the best server on that court is Mark Burek. But, yeah. but Angel has the most MPH. But at the same time, Caldwell Burek, if they are confident, can rip against those two. And I know Dave's got a good jump serve, too. It's just, it's going to come down to can Dave consistently put the ball away? Because I don't think they're going to serve Angel. I think they're going to put every ball on Dave and try to make him hit the best shots he can possibly yeah. hit. And if Dave comes out and bombs two balls in a row, then the respect factor has to be given. And they look a lot better.
0: But you, you're going to expect Angel to get a better set from Dave than, right, than Dave sure. get a, a and set And that's from always Angel's
1: so. thing. And now Angel started a hand set.
0: <laughs> yeah. So who wins this bracket? Let's God. let's skip ahead. I got I do have Bjork and Kowal over Palm and, D- and Dache. Even I, though, I'll, even I'll, though stylistically, if, if Pomadacci were going to win, it would be against those and two. And it's the
1: same. I'll get the same text. That, you know, I, I don't want to go. I didn't
0: mean, to put you on the spot. <laughs> look, look what happens, there, man. We I, I, sit here. We could have been talking about any anything else to do with volleyball. Look, look what the fuck we're doing.
1: I know. I, I think I. It's going to be a three-set battle. I don't think Bjork and Caldwell take them in two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes down to how much energy and how much. Does, is Burek gonna how well is he gonna step up to the plate because right. there's there's a lot of levels of Mark Burek and he can he can be the most dynamic player on the court
0: but that's what makes it an intriguing match it, right it, like it Dave Pong. it's cause it's, it's, there's a lot of levels Dave, of Dave Pong. It, it's too. gonna
1: come I don't I don't question what you're gonna bring with Angel and Cody I question is Mark gonna be cause you know who's getting served mm-hmm. Mark, Mark will probably get served and and whoa and uh Dave will get served, and who can side out the best?
0: Right. All right, so listen, we're in the next bracket, but we're going to skip ahead. Instead of um, hurting a whole bunch of people's feelings, I got um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got eight teams on this bracket. So let's skip ahead. Who wins this bracket? Who gets into the draw? Just pick one team. Oh, so this way we May start. We fired out on, on this yeah. one. No, but if you pick one team, you're not... Messing with some of these people who are soft as cotton on
1: feelings. Um, who's gonna win this bracket? I got Lotman and Friend. Two two nice guys too. Um, I like. You know, f it. I'll take Kevin and Nolan. Yes. <laughs> See, that's how you make up for all. That.
0: Jeez, we uh, we not doing the women. Right? The women are easier. Like look,
1: I'll take I'll take Kevin, I'll take Kevin and Roland or Travis and Adam.
0: Look, for the women I'm just going to go through really quick because I already know who I like. I don't even know
1: half of these girls. They're 14 years old. I know. G- yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that this generation and the generation after them are really pulling it up, right? I mean... We, we, we definitely want to talk about that after this. I got Jorango G- and Fallon. Gina, Jorango and Fallon. I got the one seed going. I got... Um,
1: yeah, Cloth and Nuss. Yes, I don't really want to pick they're Koot. a fucking problem. If boy. I just see them in a bracket, I'll see
0: Kristen Nuss is a problem. Taryn Cloth is a problem, man. Which
1: one's the defender?
0: Nuss? Kristen Nuss is a problem. Yeah, she's unreal. Problem. For the people listening to us, okay, Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth won eight straight tournaments before their college season started. And when their college season started, they were a perfect 35 and 0. Their pair one was at 35. I'm going to say it again. Where's the camera? 35 and 0, dude. And then after that, they avenged their last loss against the the Brazilians, um, uh, Larissa and Liliane. and one Wapaca, one Coconut Beach. They got a bid in Manhattan Beach, right? Uh, Manhattan Beach for the Granddaddy. So yeah, I picked I, that. I,
1: I think that Defender's uh, gonna be in Paris. Yeah. Whether she stays with that girl Cloth,
0: I told them no matter what, because there's a whole bunch of people gonna be like, Cloth, you need to you need to dump this girl because she's too short. Or Kristen's gonna be like, you need someone with this. Whatever happens, don't move. Don't move to California. Sure. And don't fucking switch partners. I said the same thing to Evan Corey. Because what happens is they put you in this position. Why can't you be like this person? Why can't you be like that person? And the, and when you become that person, those same people in the same breath are gonna be like, "What makes you different from that person?" Yeah. Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Stay together. Keep your team. Stay stay loyal to each other. Uh, and and um associate yourself with people that you can trust. Keep your circulation of friends big, but keep your circle of friends tight. And 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 that's how you got to do it. And, and for God's sake, do training groups once a month. Don't do that shit three times a, a week. Qatar does not do training groups. The Norwegians, they don't even come to the beach with a tan, dude. Yeah. They don't have a tan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the Spaniards don't do training groups. They do scrimmages, but do training groups once a month. So that's the, the advice I'm going to give to my Louisiana people. Evan Corey, Logan Weber, come come to California to visit. Train with some people. Meet some coaches. Share some different ideas. Do not move here. Do not move in this cesspool, cesspool where you're just another drop in the bucket. And and, and, and for a group uh, that's that's not really that inclusive to begin with, damn, I'm just... Yeah. Just I'm just killing all my chances of working somewhere, right? But but to me, look, either, either I'm in or I'm not. I don't, it doesn't matter to me, but so I like Nuss and Cloth. Sorry.
1: Yeah, um, I'm 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 super impressed by the defender. Yeah. 100%. She's a problem, dude.
0: Kristen Nuss is a problem.
1: She's she's I mean Paris 2024 has her written all over it. Whether she stays with her partner or 100%. goes to Kleinman if Ross retires or
0: So this bracket I got I like Scarborough and and, uh, and, and Sarah. Sarah. I really like them. And Gaffney could hit or miss. But when she's on, there's Gaffney. There's a three seed right there. Up there.
1: Wait, where are we at? Gaffney? This is the bracket. This you is the three seed bracket. Just for party sake, I know that Scarborough and Putt can party better than yeah. anybody in that bracket. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take them. There you
0: go. And they're closer to home than anybody yeah. else. I like that. Nobody parties yeah, like them. Yeah, they get a
1: little rosacea, but they're they're good. And this is the
0: two seed bracket. <laughs> Where are we at? Here? And my upset special, I got well, not a is major that, upset.
1: Is that Maria? Is that um, K Spears?
0: Wait, the Brazilians are in this. Salgado. Yeah, they're they're there, but I don't. They're not my pick.
1: You like and...
0: I think whoever wins between oh, the, the Brazilians, the whoever wins between the Brazilians and Kraft and Seymour are going, that's who I think.
1: Yeah, I'll take the Mastrani sisters. Well, I should yeah. say sisters. Should, Even if they beat the hell out of each other. The Mastrani other. Uh, pair, yeah. partners.
0: So, shit, god damn, that took too long. I'm sorry, we got, we got into that. Let's talk some Olympics. Okay. Um, first of all, do you watch any indoor? Because I think you and I have so a, this we have is, a healthy balance of
1: this is uh, so I didn't watch all the matches, but you know I've gotten more watching the indoor game and kind of and and ironically enough, um, I I ran into Max Holt's uh, cousin the other day, uh, eating eating lunch and uh, we kind of talked we were kind of talking about the the men's draw, and it's just a tough it's a different world I mean. TJ Del Falco is a specimen. You know, when I saw him in San Francisco qualify the first time he played in AVP, mm-hmm. I was like, this kid's special. And then you got Taylor Sander. But when you look at the the way the indoor game is, you cannot, you cannot be successful with two 6'4 outsides. I mean, if I looked at anywhere, I'm 6'3. If I looked at anywhere of playing anything, you know, even a rec ball tournament, I'm playing Libero, right? How are you supposed to compete with all of these men? And they got the crap into the stick. I mean, their their pool was jack-loaded. I mean, you could tell all ridiculous. four teams. Was that not ridiculous? All four teams made the, the quarterfinals. Or, I mean, made, the, made it, you yeah. know, beat pool A. But to have that small of guys going against the teams like Russia, France, Argentina. Um, All 4 teams Brazil. made the semis. All 4 teams made the uh semis, yep.
0: Right. Russia, Brazil,
1: France, Exactly. and, and Argentina. Yep. Sorry. And you and you're going you have 264 outsides. I mean, you just you, they were just missing Aaron
0: Russell. I don't know about that either. But I mean,
1: missing a player like that with that height. I think I got. A,
0: I caught on to what you said, and, and right now you're echoing the sentiments of a lot of, of people who are avid indoor followers. And they, and they, and I'm. I might parrot their sentiment when I say this. Championship teams have a pair of outside hitters where one is the more explosive one offensively, and the other one is the best passer on the court. Sure. Uh, um, World enough. Um, Riley Salmon and Reed Pretty. Riley Salmon graciously listed at six foot one, the team captain. Sure. Um, best passer the, his passing rivals the libero or is better than the libero uh, Jiba and Dante from Brazil Jiba he can hit it if you if you need him to but he's he's, he's the court leader he's the best passer Dante's the more explosive mm-hmm. guy you have two OH1s on this team Taylor Sander who, who is not the first one to be accepting of the role as best passer on the court and TJ DeFalco who, who will at this level is not and if, if he doesn't keep his head he'll never be the best passer on the court I like TJ Zafalco because I went in. I was not a big fan of his um, on the international level being a starter. I just think you threw him into this alligator pit. But the way that kid balled out. The way that kid, he got blocked and then you said on the next play, he's got that and he's full of piss and vinegar. I have a new respect for this guy on the international level. I just hated everyone talking about oh TJ DeFalco, teachers DeFalco, de DeFalco de de and me who's been watching international ball since 19 I was in dude I was in Barcelona uh, um you know my my mentor is the head coach of the Netherlands Mario Trebich, who okay. won the silver it is a different level uh, of outside hitter a different level of serve A different level of serve to space and I thought and I'm like I want DeFalco on this team but not as a fucking starter dude but man did that boy rep man did that,
1: that oh yeah. kid 20, ball out. What is he 20, did that kid ball out he did he what is he 23 24 yeah i, don't, I, I mean I don't, he I don't, has that but you can't have two of them you can no. have one who's hmm. six four-ish yeah but you can't have two because no matter how well they side out and yeah. no matter how well they serve you got to be able to stop the right side and you can't and if their right sides like a the like the russians i mean they're so big and, and France was so... I mean, they're so big that literally they're yeah. hitting over the top of you. France's I mean, ball control is... You, you can't stop that. them.
0: Yeah. France ball... I mean, the reason why France won the goal is because they made everybody serve to space look like a normal day. There is particularly, I, I mean, highlighting game five when they played the Russians set five... Uh, if you can rate the passes on a one, two, or three, yep. three being the right we, and then indoor coaches at the club level, we say three I mean you can set three hitters. You know, two is when you're a lot of system. They were all what I call what what we call three passes. Sure. They and they were amazing. But I think you were on this something. You said it in the beginning, and because when you were talking about it, I'm like, wait. He's speaking. He's speaking. Kind of. He's speaking that indoor language about about the combination of of of, of outside hitters, and and and. and Ryan Russell, I didn't like him. I didn't like him in 2016 because it was his role to be the best ball control guy, and this and that. And he he was by far. No stretch of the imagination of the, uh, the best or second or even third best ball control guy. In many ways, I thought Matt Anderson had better better service even sure. ball control. And that and that's, that's, that's an, it might be an insult to Aaron Russell. I've been doing this for a long time. This is going to sound like I'm going to hurt people's feelings. But you know what? This is the Option Podcast. Here it is. And I'm going to say it like this. In game one against the Italians in 2016 and in game five, I've been doing this for a long time. And I can see when someone's looking for a way out. Or someone wants out. I'm going to say it right here. And people going to be like, oh, who are you? What is his credentials? Oh, Okay, bugger off. That kid won it out. That kid got aced and then touched the ball that the refs didn't see. Then the Italians lost their mind. And then the, re- then, um, the, the, the line judge went to the ref and said he touched it. And then the play after that got aced. And that's how he lost game one. Game five, he gets aced. And then the next play hits a ball that pops up. And he knows the damn thing is in, but he doesn't take it, and he blocks the libero from covering it. True. And and there, I've been coaching for twenty years at all kinds of levels: the LMU's D one, Baruch's D three. You know what I'm saying? Or kind of like de facto D two. Um, I Rafa Rodriguez, whatever. AVP. I know. I can look at someone, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever, I'll apologize. But I know when someone is not. So winning out is, a tough, is, is kind of cold, but it's not comfortable in that position. And you don't put that guy in the game. in the, the uh, On the biggest stage, do we agree the Olympics is the biggest stage for 100%. beach and indoor? Uh, uh, big in, uh, the biggest stage. 100%. You do not put that kid on the court just to see if he can do it. I put that on John Sparrow. Yeah, I put that on John Sprawl yeah. um, and um, Mark Franckary. No, no, no. I if, would. Agree. If he's not involved in this. Uh, if I got a carrot of water on this one, no, no. no I'm I, would, a, I'm a I would keep
1: it real. I would one hundred percent agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know John Sprawl personally. I've met Aaron Russell, speak with him when he played in Pottstown with Lucas. Yep. Um, I've I haven't talked to Del Falco, but I've seen him. Um, and then the same with Sander. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't met th- these guys in person. These guys could be great dudes off the yep. court. You know, Aaron Russell seems like a... Um, I think it's more in sprawl, honestly. It's it's like you had all this talent and how do you put it together and if Karch is able to put all of these pieces together, it kind of falls back on the coach. It's yeah. the same thing in baseball, like in football. I mean, you, you have a short string. You got you gotta find a way to put all of these people together to make to make it work. And that's why some people like the Nick Sabans and the Dabo Sweeneys and the you know Popoviches, yeah. The Popoviches, they make it work with what they have. And uh I think it falls back on him. Because I think Aaron Russell has the headspace, but if you took a Del Falco, you watch Del Falco the way he plays, I mean he pops his hair back, he's got that swag. I mean he's got that killer instinct, right? He he goes, I'm the best dude on this court and everybody else is just a witness. Yes. And if you give Del Falco you put his brain inside Aaron Russell with his height, I mean yeah. We're talking about unstoppable in, in the Olympics,
0: and that's why I think my criticism's fair. Hundred percent. We got who, who's whose skill set and, and height and and um, world, uh, world Olympic I, Olympic class build does not compare to Aaron Russell, and yet here we are giving this
1: man re- respect for I, playing something I affectionately refer to as yeah.
0: playing in over your playing in over your head.
1: Exactly. If you if you asked Delfalco I guarantee if you asked him, you said, "Hey man, you're six four, you're unbelievable at all around skills." Mm-hmm. I guarantee said if I was just 6'11. Or I, or whatever Aaron Russell, 6'9. uh uh-huh. He'd be like, the game would be a joke to me. Well, that's what I disagree. He would say, hell no.
0: I'm not I'm 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 the perfect tight. I'm not too too tall why I don't jump why I'm too lazy to jump and I'm not too short why I don't jump high enough. That but that but that's the gentleman's a volleyball player's sure. disagreement and that is what it is. And the other, my other argument is when you look at the voting for best player of the world. On the beach, CNN indoor, it's very rarely the mythological uh, uh, of the beast, right? Phil, Phil, you know, of course he's going to get his. But if you look at two thousand sixteen, Bruno, um, Alisson's partner, who's sick. let Let's call him six feet just for fun, okay? He won, he won tournament MVP, a uh, Taylor Sander, a Player of the Year in two thousand, uh, a World League, the World League to Player of the Year in two thousand fourteen, and he's he's six four, right? Six three, six four. Sure. Karj Karai who's basically God, you know? I mean. People call it a big man's game, but newsflash people, okay? I was in Barcelona, okay? The Netherlands had three guys that were seven feet tall. It's been a big man's game for quite some time. All right, but Karch wasn't there in '92, so I'll take that. But back.
1: I'll I'll take it back a step. So if you mm-hmm. I, and I and I don't know how well you have a relationship with um with Riley and Reed pretty, right? Right. Now when you when you talk and when you hang out with Reed and Riley, mm-hmm. These guys are two individuals who only care about volleyball. Yeah. Right? You, They're volleyball through and through. And they. And it's the same in baseball. I'm a longtime baseball player. I've played with mm-hmm. many major leaguers. Right? It's the same mindset. And I was a pitcher. Right? No one's out there to rescue you. You're either giving up a jack or you're striking some. You're getting the fame or you're getting the, the bottom of the shelf. You mm-hmm. got rocked. Yeah. And Riley and... And uh, who am I? Read, read, yeah. Are just ha- they? They have this yeah, yeah. killer instinct, and they don't. They, if you block them, they're going to hit it ten times harder at you. And they have this killer nature that I think is an older generation thought process that maybe with social media and all this going on, that just hasn't attributed into the new generation. Mm-hmm. But you t- those two guys. One I one mean, two, yeah. they are their their headspace is literally rocks and they don't care and they have one goal in mind to just destroy you
0: and they beat three teams in 2008 that people like me who who follow the world scene um i'll okay i got to be nice let's just say they're not favored to beat some of my, some would say they had no business being on the same court I'm, i won't go that far because they did win world league um, the, the week Or the week and a half Before the Olympics started So they did beat Brazil in three So mm-hmm. So I knew coming in There was a foreshadowing Of, of a change in, in American volleyball But You're very very much onto something And that goes back to What I like about DeFalco. DeFalco does have that mentality He does You know And I really, really Again I didn't I didn't know that I didn't see that But I got a, I got a new respect For that guy I get a new respect. For that I got Micah Christi- Christensen, I put on social media. Pick your pick your freaking head up, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's okay for a guy to uh, to cry." And I'm like, "No, I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying don't cry. I'm just saying, yeah, cry. But when you're done crying, pick your head up, stand and stand tall like a man. Because everyone thought I was being sexist when I said I, my words were stand tall like the man we know you are. Sure. And then some people said the man we know you are to, amen. And I wasn't. I wasn't saying it's not okay for a guy to cry. I'm just saying, you don't have to hide your head. Sure, you did nothing. You you should not be ashamed. Maybe set Matt Anderson a little bit more, but but, but given the passes he were he was given,
1: what can you do? So here here's another example. I never you know where I bump set right. So yeah, I'm not going to set a tournament very often, and I would never set indoors, even though I started volleyball as a setter, um, and I played. Uh, the crown a couple weeks ago and we faced out of system you know the whole hype train and uh love me
0: some micah boy i know yeah Yeah. micah
1: um and and those those guys are great um and we 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 battled with them we played them really close and they they were like ah you're probably our best competition um but there's a feeling when you're a setter that you only have you know after i walked away from that tournament I was like, dang, we were right there. You know, we lost three sets or whatever by two against them because we played them in pool. And I go, you know, how could, what could we have done? I felt like I didn't impact the game per se because it was a short court and we were missing more of our serves. So I had to go back and be a little more conservative and serve like a long ball. And I was Against like, that team. Against that team, right? Which actually probably gave them more problems in the jump serve because that's what they see all the time. And it's almost that that Micah Christensen, like where you ha- where I was kind of in his role. What what could I have done? But at the same time, all you're doing is delivering the ball. So it's like, how do you deliver? I thought I delivered the ball good enough where the other guys have to pick it up. So it's kind of you take away and you're like, what could I have done? But really, you can't do that much. No, you're just putting the ball up there and saying, hey guys, it's on you to go do it.
0: Yeah, and I didn't see the same kind of passing. Look, they played all of these teams in World League. So it's not like you're facing someone and you don't have videotape and and you've never played them before. No, they do have videotape. Yes, they have played them before because there's the, the league, the VNLs and all that stuff happened before that. So, And I've seen them in system where Mike is hitting on two and both because he hits with both hands. Sure. He hits left-handed and right-handed. He's, oh, yeah. He's, he's a savage. But I've seen him disrupt a lot of defenses when you keep him in that box. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a good setter like that. I'll, I'll go... Um, I, I can, we can name a bunch of setters like that. Like and, um, when Riley Salmon, Lamborn, and Reed Pretty tightened up their serve Eve, Lloyd Ball became a better setter, a better version oh. of himself. Um, on a smaller scale, Chris Austin, right? Repeat champions with mm-hmm. a, um, UC Irvine. Um, he wasn't everybody, the opposite shined. This guy shined. But to me, the first, I'm from New York and I watched them, I watched the NCAA finals in this basement bar with like a bunch of my, my contemporaries. And everybody's like, who do you like best? And I'm like, Freaking setter, man, that kid with the yeah. afro is just, just like you said, not trying to um, be, not trying to shock the world. Not, just uh, Bill Belichick, just do your job. Don't be out there trying to do things that you, then you're already good at. And I, I, wanted Micah Christensen to have an opportunity to do things that we know that he was good. So at. So
1: it almost comes back, probably when Michael looks back at it, he's gonna go, you know, I did what I could with the passes, but what could I have changed on my end? Yeah. Well. The one thing you could change is, you know, could I have blocked how many balls better? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's really where he probably looks back and goes, you know, what balls could I have impacted? Yeah. And that's what I got to get better for Paris.
0: Oh, should I miss that serve at
1: 23 up. Or that. Yep. You know, that serve at 23 And that's up, probably what... That lo- goes into the tip. That's probably what Louis went through when he went when he came back. He thought of all the things that he could impact the game on mm-hmm. because he's not hitting personally. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, maybe I go over on this ball on two. Or hey, maybe I get this block and that he made the adjustments and everybody had his back coming back and yeah. then that shows what kind of dude he is. And
0: competitive centers never talk about the past, like because everything no. you said, everything you said is one hundred percent correct because I, I've I've said for um um, I guess twenty five years I guess, uh, we never, they they never different category they never talk about the past. So uh, to his Craig, and
1: Loy's, and Lloyd's yeah. mind space is a beast. I mean that guy. I mean, he will go out to the bar with you till three in the morning. But also, <laughs> he has that competitive nature where mm-hmm. he can turn it on in a heartbeat and mm-hmm. learn and make the adjustments mid-game.
0: Yeah, look, Riley said the same thing about Loya. I had Riley on the podcast, mm-hmm. and um, like, think about it: Serbia, Montenegro, five sets. That's I mean, that's a team that could beat him in three of you if you if you if you, sure. if you don't mind your p's and q's. Russia. You couldn't pick a stylistically worse nightmare for the United States than Russia at that time. Sure. Uh, And then finally, Brazil. Wait, this is a team we beat 3-0. This is the best team in the world. and They give everyone problems, but we're the only team that gives them problems. I think, you know, Clay Stanley looks like, you know, (laughs) I don't know what he had to eat this morning, but he looks like he's in the mood. I think we can win this. But I really like the concept of team. Like, to me, Riley Salmon won Fifth set against um, Serbia Montenegro. Yeah. David Lee won that semis against Russia. He got he got two he got a block, uh, uh, no he got a kill, a block, and then a kill and a block. So
1: so if you here's another thing, and I, I don't ahead, know if please. people have thought about this. So if you look at that team with David Lee, Riley Salmon, Loy Ball, and uh, Reed Clay, Pretty, right? Clay Stanley, yeah. You and Clay Stanley. I don't know Clay personally, but I don't know all the, all the four. If you go out to a bar and you're in a fight at two in the morning, all four of those guys are going to be behind you, right? They might not, you know, be the most SAT 1600. No. But they're gonna be. They got you. They, everybody's got your back. Wait, is Clay Stanley Hawaiian? I, I'm not sure. I don't is, know Clay that well. No,
0: because if he is, that's the guy. I want my back, man. Exactly. Oh, Sure Yo, size. Hawaiian, I've been in, Hawaiians are down. I've been in strap, plenty of Virginia dude. Beach street fights <laughs> where I got Hudson
1: Bates behind me, and yes. I, and and I and, I, and right, I, I got Hudson Bates behind me, and Shane Donahue over it to grab a leg. But if you've got Hudson Bates behind you, you're going to think like you're invincible. But at the same token, you got all four of those guys who are willing to go to blows. Who on this team, it, and, that, and to transition to 2024, could it be TJ Del Falco? Because I can see it from him. Who's going to take that leadership role and be like, I am the man on this team and I'm going to bring everybody with me? I guess that's the
0: question right i guess that's the question and and, I think, and who I, I would think you honestly, point i beat up enough people for one day we're gonna leave that to the we're gonna leave that for the, our listeners to answer but that my man that is a good question that is a very very good question that kind of person like well first of all let's talk about hudson bates hudson bates is not a, a guy that has your back hudson bates is the guy you bring so no one wants so it avoids fights you see that guy and they have
1: second thoughts you know so hudson 100%. bates is a
0: different category it's like wait Let's just have a beer. I don't
1: want to fight these guys. Sure. <laughs> now, true story. Mm-hmm. I played with Hudson in the, uh, in, in the big shots. Okay. Right? And I lost to, um, in the finals, I lost to Vaughn and Zon. Right. Right. And uh, I, I wrote, you know, I've been with Hudson. I played plenty of tournaments with him. I've never met a guy besides Nolan that I've played with that eats more food and one the like, like an a. The guy literally has a cooler in the back of his truck. And he's just grabbing while he's driving. Just grabbing and eating. Right? It takes a lot of a lot of carbs to fuel, fuel that guy. But he we were playing uh, Peter Dombrowski and Martin Cabin and somebody kicks sand in his or I think it was Peter, like couldn't side out the ball, and kicks sand in Hudson's face. And Hudson literally reaches over and grabs him by the neck and goes, You're not crossing this. This is the first time I've ever seen Hudson do this. He grabbed him by the neck and he goes, You're not crossing until you apologize. And I was literally tapping on, on Peter's shoulder and going, you probably should apologize. Please. Let's Please. Let's just play on. For the s- sanctity of your life. Yes. And he goes, I'm sorry, man. And then Hudson just let him go. This is the first time I've ever seen Hudson aggressive or anything. Mm-hmm. Just a big Willie Mammoth.
0: Oh, my God. That, and that's, that's the guy, when he gets upset, you want a police
1: presence. <laughs> If there's a guy besides George Romaine you don't want to pick a fight yeah, with, it's Hudson nah, Bates. Yeah, Hudson. Hudson Bates and Ricardo you don't want to pick a fight with.
0: And the crazy thing is Ricardo at least Ricardo you you like you don't see him coming. Hudson Bates you see coming a mile away, right? Like there's a difference. Like Eddie Murphy in, the, in his his comedy skit Eddie Murphy Raw. Yeah. There's a difference between understanding that Mr. T is looking for you, and if Michael Jackson's looking. <laughs> 100 <laughs> He said, I heard Mr. T was looking for me. I was scared. He says, I, I ran into him at a party. He says, I had to put a Jedi mind trick. He says, I heard you were making jokes about me, yeah. boy. No, you weren't. Well, maybe I wasn't. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I no, I totally yeah. agree with that. But big up Micah Maha, uh, a four-year setter at UCLA. Nah. Him and um, Hagen Smith ran a 6-2 um, uh, pretty much all four years. Yeah. And at the end, he ended, Micah ended up hitting a little bit of outside. Because they, they had some injuries. I,
1: I was very impressed by Micah a um, yeah. couple weeks ago, playing yeah. with him. Um, just his, the way he, he could thumb down the ball from the left side. I yeah. mean, his, his. I mean, we had to go back and pass three against him on a short court. Yeah. That that just shows you what kind of, uh, you know, serve he's bringing to the party. Yep. And just super humble guy. Yeah. I mean, I want
0: I think he's in Poland right now. He's going to go to Poland. Yeah, I wanted to
1: beat those guys so bad. But it was just, you know, it was, it, it's. It, we brought we brought the best we could and we lost three games to them by two. I mean, what can you do? It's just I like actually you.
0: wanted them to scrimmage. I got some guys in New York that play at a there's a, a state park called Riverbank State Park. Elvis Rodriguez, you know him? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, yeah. him, Caballito, um, Batista, like all of the, all of the Bamezo, basically all of those guys. And their rule is from nine years old. If you can't take care of first hit, the fuck off the court. Mm-hmm. Do you have? Six foot eight middles playing on the girls' court because they send them to the girls' court to play with the girls, <laughs> and I would have loved to see Mike and those guys just play maybe a fours game or a threes game because their serve receive is not like some people when they serve you're like I gotta I we gotta take care of this guy's serve. The, these Dominican guys they don't even think about that they just they just pass. So I was very I w- I mean. Height-wise, I think Mike. I mean, offense-wise, I think Mike could beat them to the ground because their offense is too dynamic, uh, especially for one-on-one blocks. Mm-hmm. But but for serve receive, I don't think they were get, they were going to get too many aces on these guys. You know, and Riverbank State Park is a pretty good. Yo, that's that is not. It's paid for by a, a state dollars. It's a state okay. park. It's an indoor gym, and outside the gym you have a hockey rink for winter. You have a track and field, and it's in Harlem. It's on One Forty Fifth in Harlem. And Monday and Wednesday night is free volleyball seven to ten, but. You're not gonna find too many guys that that only speak English. That's very very it's Dominican populated, and a lot of those guys playing a national team. I'm go to the refill. Oh, uh, Palomino, if you remember oh, him yeah, from, um, 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 Wapaka, what threes so a couple of years ago. Oh, good friends with him. Elmas Palomino. Oh yeah. Um, Zacharias. Yeah, Rapali. Uh, Rapali. Zach, I knew from JFK high school.
1: Oh, he's great, dude. Jeff, I, uh,
0: Jack, uh, I met Zach, and he's 14 years old. I... This huge every time he saw a volleyball, and he played for um JFK High School, a uh, Palomito national team. Um, uh, I, I, illness is is illness really is a good. savage. Dude. Talk about good serves too,
1: right? Yeah, you, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I drink more energy drinks than any volleyball player alive.
0: Look, it's the only thing that keeps <laughs> us up for this podcast, me, I'm a, I'm a zombie. I could, this is, I, I do this podcast the same way I drive a car. I'm, I, I can do it all day and not get tired, not, not realize that I'm tired. So, um, all right. So we did the men, the women. So indoor women, so freaking happy for them. Their first medal. Ever, uh, first, think about how, how close they got. They've gotten to getting the gold, and think of how many talented teams that were deserving of the gold that didn't win. Sure. And now,
1: I know. And 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 you know who I was. Um, so I, I did a few camps with uh, Kelly Murphy at Florida, and I was just yeah. I, I felt the most for her because I felt like she she could have been on that team and gotten a gold medal. And and uh, Micah is it Micah Hancock? I mean, she's a great setter. Yes, great setter. She
0: should have been starting, but everybody's worried about height and tall person. And when their setter got injured, what happened? What did she do? She came on that court and she won the last few sets and and secured their spot. And I mean hitting on two. I mean drawing you know drawing back ones off of her. You know the the outside blocker who's supposed to pick up the setter. She's setting back ones because the outside blocker is jumping with her and the back one has nobody up in the Olympics. This, and her jump serve, her serve to space. Penn State picked oh. her right where she left. I belt. mean, that's how she won a national champion. I just interrupted you too. You had a point.
1: Oh, no, no, you're good. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think my point in the whole Olympics and what we see now is how much money, maybe it's how much money and how much we are, you know, in this, and I'm going to go off tangent here. The And this is my example of when I was growing up, right? I'm left-handed. I'm six foot three which is not super tall in volleyball, but
0: okay.
1: I am – when I when I tried out my freshman year, I made the varsity volleyball team, right? I also made the – which is the freshman baseball team at a 6A school that has four 5,000 people. So you have this huge school and I make the freshman team for baseball, but I also make the varsity team for volleyball, which is extremely hard to make the varsity team as a freshman for baseball. So I they let me play both sports. This is in Chicago, and my so, going into my sophomore year, they go, "Which one do you have to pick?" Right? The men, I'm like, okay, well, what are the three main sports? What is all everybody looking at? You're you're going through puberty, you know, you you're you're trying to attract girls. What is it to say? Oh, I'm a starting player for the baseball team, or am I a starting player for the volleyball team? And then and then you start getting coaches in. Where are you going to get a scholarship? Well, you're left handed, you throw, you know, at the time 85 to 88 as a freshman, uh, your meal tickets right over there on the mound. That's how you're getting a, a major league, sc- or uh, sorry, a college scholarship. Yeah, so it's. For it's, men,
0: right? For men, they for everybody listening, Indoor Men only offers a maximum of 4.5 scholarships. Exactly.
1: And, so and you bad. go, here's your free ride, or do you want a struggle bus on the men's side? So what happens? It, everything gets diluted. So we're all about image and how much dollars are getting made because the three main sports make so much more money than volleyball that all of the the athletes that we have are getting pumped more into those three sports plus hockey and volleyball is getting less for men. Whereas women, it's like, okay, do what you want to (laughs) do. Let's build it up. And you see the success of women and we're losing some of those athletes that could do both. Like you take a Bill Kalinske example. Well that guy play in college. He basketball. played basketball. Yeah. And That's then he transitioned into into volleyball. So we don't have that push where we could to get those type of athletes to be in volleyball because the amount of money that we're making is is nothing. So true. it's it's less versus the women's game that just shows you that the US pumps so much more money into the women's volleyball and, and look look what happens. Well,
0: I think a lot an of,
1: image and everything else in Instagram and all that gets pushed to the three major sports.
0: Well, in addition to Title Nine, um, keeping keeping that above way above the afloat thing, don't you think that it becoming an NCAA sport to uh, increase increase the relevance, like? In California, all of the club sizes have tripled for women. Big, yes. Yeah, uh, that's what I was talking about. The reason why there's there's more of an emphasis or whatever. In fact, sure. in the Big Ten, um it's the third most viewed sport on their network for women. And they no, have for men and women. There's oh, men and women. Men's okay. football. It's men's basketball, and women's volleyball. It's third. Yep. Which is which is amazing and if also if you look at the top 10 right like uh, the women's top 10 in the nation six of them a big 10 team so so i guess there's there there's some kind of um competitive nature to go yeah. there too so but i think it's because it became an ncaa sport everyone's paying attention and because beach volleyball uh they could, you know they're going to be expanding teams they're, they're 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 adding more teams right for now. sure Every you know teams. i was very i was very happy john mayer made the ncaa's this this year um I was very disappointed he did not get coached a year. He won thirty one games and and, and and an instant and, and who ended up getting a Dane? No, um um Plummer. No, not not Plummer, um Fuller. Andrew Fuller.
1: Andrew Fuller for Stanford? Yeah. Okay.
0: Maybe there was something political there because I know they're planning, they were trying to cut their men's program, including wrestling and this and that. But sure. and I know it was Andrew Fuller's best season, but to say that Andrew Fuller have his best seasons deserving coach of the year is like saying Conor McGregor deserved to beat Khabib because that third round was his best round. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? John Mayer took a team that was 6-13, and 13, and the next year they were 22-14. and 14. The next year, 21-9, and won the WCCs, had to beat Pepperdine, yeah. right? And then the next year, they're in the NCAAs, and then they beat LSU and UCLA the same day, the first sure. and second round. That man deserves a and, and if no. you and if you yeah. take
1: all three schools and mm-hmm. you and you say, okay, mm-hmm. I got Dane Blanton, yeah, great guy. He deserves awesome it too. Player. I
0: mean, if you win, right? That's a that's pressure too. Like anything short of not winning the championship is fail. Exactly. That's a different kind of pressure exactly. too. Sorry, and,
1: and you got and you got Andrew Fuller, mm-hmm. and you have John Mayer. All three great players in their own right. But you take John Mayer and you say, okay. If, if I got a 16-year-old girl, who do I want to go to college? All right, you have your choice of Stanford, USC, or LMU. I mean, it's a no-brainer. LMU brainer. is your third choice. L- LMU is your ninth choice Yep. past maybe I might go do something else. Like, it's hard to get people to that school. Yeah. And it shows what kind of coach John is.
0: Yeah. Do you know he lost, he lost Sarah Sponzel? Sarah Sponsel transferred to US, UCLA. That was his pair one with Savannah Slatery. So, um, I really love the work he's done there. Um, Aaron Mansfield, um, who's the indoor Oh, yeah, I coach. played him in an AVP. He, is he played this. with
1: Mike Bruning. Yeah, he also played with Theo Brunner, too. Wait, wait, no, I played him with Theo Brunner. Yeah. Oh, you did? That yeah. was it? <laughs> I couldn't think of who I played him with. He, well, he's got, he's uh, full-time. Um, Belmar, New Jersey, I Well, he's full-time
0: him. indoor right now for the women's indoor program. He was John's assistant the first couple of years. And having that, the watching the way this man's mind works. Yeah. Um, And also the humility to actually um, have me make suggestions to him about women's beach and and him and John Mayer were very, very, very humble and very because I was their Dovo. And Dovo, you can't really coach the players, but you can coach the coaches. And Mm -hmm. they they love the way I break down video. So I would send her four things I like, four things that got better, and we have this dialogue. On sure. uh, this is why we're going a different direction. We see where you come in front, and I'm like, okay, it's your, you're the one credited with the loss. So, so we we were actually able to have healthy dialogue between me and those two guys. Betsy, uh, not so much. Betsy's got you know she's got her own things. With respect to her, um, and she also has a family too. Yeah, but she's, she's also mad young too. She still she had that young person's mentality. Yeah. Like I'm playing, I'm playing <laughs> it, therefore. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm playing it, therefore I know more, you know, which I think is Yeah, but, which I think is a ridiculous assertion.
1: And 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 Betsy's a, a very nice person, she and is. and you know priorities priorities change when you when you when you finally have children, and yep. and you can see that. But yeah, I, know, I just man. think I in got terms, <laughs> I know, I, in in terms of the in terms of the women's game, it's just so you just see it. Like 2024 in Paris, I would not be surprised if the women medal gold medal in both, and I was more shocked that we didn't have both women's teams in the gold medal match in beach i was shocked more about uh it's only for the olympics not
0: not as far as momentum and hitting this try going to the olympics because first of all team Slays, right they went straight Jakari's, like from game of thrones yep. that remember Daenerys says Jakari's, mm-hmm. and the dragon just burns it burns up they went straight dragon lady the last uh, two of the last three tournaments winning the two four stars yeah but then you got all, all Brazilian finals, Agatha and Duda against um, Rebecca and whatever, and I my biggest disappointment was the Brazilians. I, 100%, I thought 100. You know, I, Agatha Duda was my yeah. biggest disappointment mm-hmm. in
1: the whole tournament, and and the reason on that is Duda was doo doo, that's why. Mm-hmm. You know, and and how much money they put as a country into their volleyball program. Mm-hmm. I thought Agatha and Duda were, they were the sleeper team. They were the team that. If you put them up against, um, and they were supposed to be matching up against Alex and April in the second round, yep. And I thought, oh man, you know, Alex and April won their second round or the first round. Obviously, they were going to get past Cuba. You know, that one girl was Jack for Cuba. By the way, I yeah. mean, she looked like she could do oh, the Lydie? CrossFit Games. Yeah, Lighty. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And but that second round, I was like, if they face Duda and Agatha, that could be an upset. Because Dude and Agatha have been playing so unreal all year, they have, yeah. and I was like, Alex and April had to have seen that draw and been like, "Damn, you know right, that's they, the worst team Sochi. that we should play."
0: Right? They won Sochi and they won, uh, won the first one I think at Cancun.
1: Yeah, and yeah. when they finally got Ludwig and the other girl, I was I, I know they breathed a sigh of relief. Yeah, because that was the team that could give them problems.
0: Yep, Ludwig and um, they they lost to Ross and Kleiman, right.
1: nineteen and nineteen. But they beat Agatha and Duda, and I was like, oh, man, if Agatha and Duda have to play them... Yeah. I know Alex and April are like, crap. Styles make matchups. But Styles do. Alex and
0: April did prove that sometimes when you got to turn it up, you turn it up. In the finals... I, look, as far as stylistically bad matchups, the Aussies have have housed them a bunch of times, too. Sure. And, you know, I love... God, by the way, I love having this conversation, because it sounds like we're crapping on people, but... It, but one we're, they, we're fair and two and two with the praise the praise is, is amazing. here
1: here's the thing they know this yeah. like if you're if you're alex and april and you're you're april ross you're you're been to three olympics you you know you know how you've done against people it's like if i you know if i had somebody i own this is similar to baseball like in baseball i would pick i would have all you would always have a guy that you, that owned you right and then you would just tell him before the game listen you are not even going to be tonight in. The, gonna be you're not even gonna be in this game. Yeah. I'm hitting you 3 times yep. and it's going to be 91 to the dome yes. on the third time and afterwards I'll get you a beer or I'll take you, you know. Yeah. W- today's w- going to be different. But you're not going to beat me this yep. game. And they would when they looked at that team they and they saw that draw similar to Russia and Norway when they got them again in the quarters. They were like, "Oh crap." And then as soon as Germany beat them, that mindset had to be been, all right, we're going to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. When they saw that happen, they were like, oh, nobody's going to beat us now. And they knew they had it from there. Nice. But they knew that, you know, that was their, they saw that in the horizon. And they were like, oh, crap, this team's going to give us a, a run. Yeah, Because they've been playing so good all year. Agatha and Duda yep, have been really playing have. so consistent. I mean, did they ever get less than fifth?
0: No, they they, look, and those are their worst days. Those are that's the worst case scenario for those two who've been playing like a media, uh, really good volleyball. I Just said dude to play like dude I mean, I'm not saying she's Duda, but she played like it. Sorry, but um, I mean, but and, um,
1: and, and I know my girlfriend will kill me for this, but I told my friends that the best thing for for volleyball was having all four of those teams in the semifinals because you take like Anuk, Virg Dupree, you take Clancy and her partner, you Tina take. Gradina. Uh, Gardena, I mean, granted Jesus. she can't rent a hotel room, but like you take her and, uh, what's the, the other, the, the two brothers, oh. sister, Hydrick. Yeah. You take Hydrick for fan viewership. Those are like four and, and climate you take, those are like four of the most attractive teams in volleyball, right? Like, you're talking about the like sem- if you're the semifinals, right? exactly. If yeah. you're, if you're a casual, Right, and it, this is the same in casual and casual MMA. If you're a casual and you just flip on the TV and you're like, "Oh, I'll check out beach volleyball today," and you see any of those teams play, you're gonna be like, "You're an instant fan of volleyball." If you see Verg Depree or Clancy or any or or Tina is just uh, or and or and Tina, mad, like I feel bad because she's so much younger than me. She could be my kid. No, she's like, well,
0: she's drinking drinking age. She, she's but house, she's But if you see any of
1: those girls play, that heightens the level of viewership. 100 percent yeah
0: good for the sport
1: good great for the sport yeah couldn't have put more eyes on the sport
0: slays i think slays is good at the time slays is good for the sport too i mean uh, um no we're getting we're getting back to these four (laughs) sorry about that tina gordina overachieved she's still by the way she still owes dana another year she's going back she's got one more year and 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 for a girl who's
1: who's girl who's goofy foot who can hit like that, yes. right? She looks like she's, um, you know, high on crack when she's swinging.
0: I know. Dane, what? Dane told me he's like, dude. You know how Dane talks. Dane, like, now, Dane is and Jeff. Sandals, she
1: kind of, she kind of emulates uh, uh, um, Brandon Clemens a little bit. She's got that, like, you know, she hits Brandon's, it off her palm yeah, with the opposite step. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Bra- the thing I like about Tina is sometimes, like, we wear different hats. All right. There um and this is what some people listening to the podcast have to appreciate how you talk to your wife at home and how you talk to your kids it's one thing how you talk to your boss. If you have a nine to five, can't talk to your boss. if some you, talk to your. Sure. Dad. So some people think that you wear oh you wear one face. Oh this guy wear, wears one face for this, but another for that. Yes, but they're both this, they're still the same person. This is this is some people need to get this in a thick happy head. Any person that behaves the exact same way with their wife and their boss and their kids or whatever, those people are unicorns. In fact, I think I got one in the house, so I I, I do know 100%. they exist. I got I got one upstairs. All right, in, in her office, but. Tina, because of how she treats everybody the same across the board, because she's she has this easygoing nature, and because the level of her easygoing nature is not something that's politically incorrect that might rub some people the wrong way. Refreshing. Refreshing well, maybe that,
1: that, that could be a combination of her of her childhood. Yeah. You know, you know, you don't know what she's been through in Lafayette or you know, growing up in and, and her circumstances, and you know, might give her a new perspective Anything. on society in general.
0: Actually, let's get a That's Tina right there, guys.
1: Yeah, seems like a, a very, yeah, good-hearted all, person. All civilian
0: too. Look at look at look at all, look, look, look at like a regular person, then you see the Trojans, then you're like, "Okay, she plays a sport." Um, yeah, I I like her. Um, she was on the podcast, of course. And um her godfather, oldest Lucius uh, of Latvia. Um, okay. Is my volleyball mentor. He taught me how to coach indoor indoor volleyball. Not exits in those how to how to exercise your muscles between your ears and how to conquer these demons from the neck up. So um that's how that podcast became possible. Her her godfather, who lives in Latvia, and he's Latvian, and he played at uh, UCLA. Um, he didn't get to start because he's a setter, and that's Karch and Sinjin running the six-two, so that ain't going to happen. Sure. <laughs> but that's how that became possible, and I really, really, really loved having our podcast. Really, just a great attitude. And, and did you Dan- see who their coach was,
1: Gustavo? Yeah, Gus! <laughs> I mean, what a, dude, what a great yeah. dude that guy is. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal. How can you pull that guy?
0: You cannot get Gus to do an interview. You cannot get Gus to, to he, be He's a, great. He's Gus, always like, breathe, Gus comes breathe. To my, Gus came to my birthday party. Right? Okay. Not this year. He's, of course, he's in. He's there. But before the world went to hell. All right, Um, Greg Faulkner, Gus, everybody comes through uh, Tower 12 as karaoke night on Thursday. And Gus grabs me, uh, calls me by the shirt. Doesn't grip me, but it says, Jason. He says, "I'm an assist. I became an assistant coach, so I don't have to do these things." <laughs> he said, "That's that's at the time that was Anna." He said, "That's an Anna thing. That's mm-hmm. a, a, a fun, fan was subbing in, I guess, for Dane." He says, "The the liberating thing about be, being an assistant coach and and what the, the UFC has mm-hmm. gifted him to do mm-hmm. um, was it's." Only about volleyball. He said it's the best job in the world. He never wants to be a head coach. He doesn't, he says, It's your birthday. I'll drink it. We'll talk now, but we, I will not do an interview. He says, I will not come on your podcast. Yes. But, but it was all respectful and he's such a chill dude. He's such he a, is. he's, and he's so the fam, uh, the fact just talking, talking to that dude about volleyball is mind blowing. He, a uh, beach volleyball, I think he's forgot i mean you know everyone's like oh i know something too but i think he's forgotten more volleyball than a lot of people learned. He, he's really good
1: yeah he's smart dude
0: yeah i learned a lot i the, my three beach uh, I, I moved here as purely an indoor guy okay central park is my was my beach i used it as a cross trainer for indoor and the beach guys would use me to prepare for tournaments say do you know amari mm-hmm. velasco has that friend name from the past i'm not sure um, i know him amari velasco how about evan Soberstrom Evan's at Hawaii right now All these, they were, Okay, these these guys are older They're before you, time. He played okay. at Santa Barbara But lived in okay. New York for 10 years saydu lived in New York for 10 years Yeah, yeah I know Shamzu You know, I got to see him for a little bit Shamzu's like a bigger version of Seidu Okay um, But I moved here And the three people who helped me With my beach game John Mayer mm-hmm. um, I played against him That's how I met him I played against him in Mexico And um, Gus, I guess oh yeah, okay. Deron Forbes who's the program director and founder of Beach Volleyball National Events BVNE, the show the, the get notice showcases. Okay. Um and um Rob McLean. Yeah. Beautiful mind, young guy. You know, when I met him, he was going through some shit. He had a nasty split with his girl back then and he and he needed to take time away and come back. He needed to fix the software. Someone told me that. He said the har- my, my friend told me the hardware is fine. The software needed. Uh, the software needed an upgrade. You should fucking train with him right now. He's he's. I just trained dude, with him this morning. His reach is like eleven three. He's he a great make guy. Mistakes. Um, and, I don't and, even know where I went with this, but sorry. No, it's good.
1: And and I'll tell you, and I'll probably get shit on for the cat for the Cali guys. But do you do you think wholeheartedly that the majority of the real down earth dudes are East Coast and Midwest guys? Yep. Like. Like, if um, you're going to go out... Is that a question? Sorry. Yeah. Just, just a question. Yeah, okay. If you're going to go to bat with a guy, and you're going to stand outside in a bar, like, he's East Coast, Midwest guys, and maybe it's just the harder nature mm-hmm. of yep. growing up, but don't you think that you would take them in a battle? Yeah. And I mean, you have a lot of transplants. No, Rob is... Um... You have a lot of transplants out here. Right? You, it's hard. I mean, I would take. But how
0: many. When you ask that question, I'm thinking of the number How many guys, guys are nationally born like Cali guys? I'm, no, but I was thinking of the Californians that would go to bat the same way Rob did for me.
1: Now, and, and now you would put an asterisk next to like. You would put an asterisk next to Banesh. Like, Banesh would come. He would come with yeah. a baseball bat. He'd be goofy as hell and probably wouldn't hit anything. Yeah. But, I mean, he... Like, I would take that guy. I think guy. Hagen would be down to scrap for a Hagen would too. be down. Micah Maha. Exactly. That
0: dude is definitely... That's a Hawaiian dude. And, but besides Mexican-Americans, as far as, like, dudes that are down to scrap. I, yeah, if Micah and me were friends, But if you wanted to go into family. war,
1: in, in the general off the court... Nope. The uh, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest guys are... Are generally the majority, and and we're excluding the asterisks of the West Coast guys that you know who you are. You know, the
0: dude, I trust my own home borough. I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. I trust, I trust, like, if I'm gonna go to war, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Bo, Mike Tyson. If I'm, (laughs) Um, yeah, Larry Brown, how about that? You know, coaches that, that sure, if I'm gonna go to
1: war, I'm gonna have Greg Hunter, all four foot two of them behind my back, right? Like, he's got more chest hair. He's got more chest hair than you know Sasquatch, <laughs> but I'm gonna go to war with Mike Salek because I know he ran into a tree and he can brush anything off, right? Yes.
0: And, oh my God, I need to look him up now. I'm uh, sorry. Well, you keep going. I want to plug in. No, 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 no. But like, like those in
1: Mike Salek, right? Like Brooklyn you want to be on a corner street corner with Mike Salek. He's gonna go to he's gonna go toe to toe with you. Brooklyn kid. Yep. Right. Went those are those mid, are mid, true.
0: Those are true people. Let me see if I can find them. Salek and Hunter. I have video of them playing the AVP qualifier in New York together. They lost to um, the last round to Alejandro Para. Oh yeah, and uh, Alejandro um, I, I, and Paul Ariza. Now is yeah,
1: Paul and Alejandro. I played them both. Now is is Alejandro. And- I know I know uh, Ariz is probably back uh, he's probably a, 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 a local San Diego product is Alejandro from there as well hold on a second
0: guys look at this dude that dude who's walking around hairy chest dad body yeah Mike
1: South. that is Greg Hunter. that's Eton Bennett and who is the other one Dave Evans
0: yeah did you see that swing oh I gotta go back we gotta go back this is so weird because it doesn't look like his approach looks methodical watch this ridiculous thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Look at him. He looks like a 43-year-old like lawyer, <laughs> right? He's got the comb hair to the side, receding. Now, now I'll tell you a good story about uh, Greg Hunter. So Please. when he got in that accident where he hit, where he hit that tree mm-hmm. when he was skiing, I went to the uh, big shots and I saw him. You know, his wife obviously played at the time before they had kids. And I looked at him and he was just walking up and down the boardwalk. And I went over to him and I said, I said, hey, man, I hope you're doing well. You know, glad to see you back. I'm, I'm glad you're with us. And he just looked like a lost puppy. He couldn't be out there watching. I mean, that just shows what kind of competitive fire Greg Hunter has. Yeah. Like, I would go to war with that dude any day of the week. I don't care if he's four foot. Nothing has an Napoleon yeah. complex. Like, that guy is a fucking genuine individual who I think I would have nothing but respect for. And and all the people I've met in a lot of New York people are some of the most OG people that I would I would hold friendships with till I die. Yeah. And Greg is and Greg and Mike are two of them.
0: Yeah. For me, I have um for some reason I'm always going to have more female friends than, than male friends. I was uh, I was raised by women. Three sisters, three aunts or whatever. But for guys, I always always have a magic three. New York, I had three. Kenny, you might have met. He's not a a highly competitive guy. If you didn't cross paths, that's whatever. It is what it is. But the three guys out here in the West, um, McLean.
1: Yeah, McLean, Greg, CMU. Greg
0: Faulkner. Faulkner is um, the good. The Cal baby. Northridge dude. Because yeah. all Cal Northridge, that's the cool kids' cool. Between him, Ty. Tram- I always miss Marty up. Lorenz, Ty Trambley. Yeah, now Think Marty. About, like, all, the, all of those cool kids, right? Got a lot of stories with uh, Marty. But- and, and the third guy is a guy named Torrin Jeffries. Torrin Jeffries. I have heard of the name. Light skinned mulatto kid. He's not. Um, it's, let's just say he's got some work to do. But as far as people who are real. Sure. Uh, people who I like to hang out with. Greg and I hang out twice a so week. He, he sings. Okay. He's an old soul. The dude sings Nat King Cole. He's singing Sinatra songs. Big black at guy, Tower right? Twelve. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The big, big. Um, you see him probably play uh, indoor, like VNL yes. or something like that. And um, he's the. Let's just say he's the last guy everyone invites to play doubles, but the first guy everybody wants invites to play fours or sixes. Yeah, he's that just guy. Big, he's the guy to the wrist away quick set that. That one has to respect. So, yeah, he's good but those player. those are my those are my three. Um, if I had to pick three tight friends, everybody else, yeah, I'm, I'm friendly with. And there's some people like I'm not. I guess my Brooklyn virtue doesn't allow me to be overly nice to someone that I'm not that I don't like. I'm not a dick. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be polite. But I think one of the things. Oh, Jeff Samuels, also good brother from another mother. God, how can I forget that dude? Um, but I don't, I think what divides me, I think from a lot so of people just don't understand
1: just, Jeff. Hi, definitely.
0: Look, there's douchebags and there are people who are misunderstood. He's misunderstood.
1: He's misunderstood. He's hit or miss with a lot of guys. Um, <laughs> a lot of guys, uh,
0: because he, they know what he thinks. And of it's them. the same, they know what he thinks of them. And it's so. the same with Dylan. Yeah. Like
1: until you get to know these guys off the court, mm-hmm. like Dylan, Jeff, you got to, um, you have an appreciation for them when you're one-on-one with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are types of guys that maybe it's things in their past where they're insecure about uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. But if you show Dylan and Jeff like the respect and the same, they're gonna give it right back to you. Yeah. But if you you know, as long as you're real with them, they'll be real with you. But they're kind of close guarded. You know, they've had a lot of like outs. Maybe they read into the Kevin Durant culture where they kind of read into the the things. Yeah. And uh, and maybe they get misunderstood.
0: Well, I miss, I'm misunderstood all the time. I'll say a joke to someone that um, maybe I, it's not like I think we're closer than that, but I'll say a joke to someone where I think volleyball family is, is small enough where they could they could take a joke or they could get the joke. Sure. And then when I realize I fucked up, I, I, yeah, I got to dial it back like you. Right, sure. I said, I, um, when you were posting um, I came in late on the house on that tournament and I know I, when I looked at the whole game I understood why you're like dude the, the, I'm setting my forearms and you're just letting these guys chuck and I think that was like yeah. the argument we were talking about well, and when I saw that for the people listening I was like man that dude's drunk and you were like you called me out on that and you're like hey you know
1: so my biggest thing in volleyball and you will ask any any yeah. any high level guy mm-hmm. and and you can ask John King you can ask all the AVP refs and they'll tell you who's the best or who's the who's the guy that we want in here you can ask Suzanne Lowry you can ask all these people and yeah, they'll say Carson. that yeah, yeah, they'll say that they want me to the next step to come into refing. And you can ask these guys and they'll be like, who's the best ref? And I even have a gift certificate in my because I ref the CBA semifinals when I rolled up for 50 bucks. Nice. Like, they'll I take refing more seriously because I'm like, if you're gonna sit down in a chair, that's when I get pissed off because you're not showing the same respect to the the four other individuals who are on the court. Just at least for 30 minutes of your life, get up and give the same to equal sides. It doesn't matter who you're friends with. Call it the same way. You got this one short time. Exactly. Act like you want to be there. Don't act like you're bigger than the moment because you deserve to give the same equal treatment to both teams. And you can't see shit from, down, from sitting in a beach chair four feet off the court where yeah. you're attempting to call. And then nobody – your conviction is, is nothing that can be – the, the, you opened your interpretation by okay. sitting four feet off the court and not caring 100%. if you stand up and sit right next to the court and and I called Eric zahn was one of my closest friends right and he grew up and it was a big loss in my life you know like i you know he's best friends with Vaughn but when i he went to college he I was his main guy like his dad at the funeral said Eric looked at you like you were a brother and that was the hardest thing I had to go through was his funeral, right? To go through, to get hugged by his parents. And his parents came to every one of my games. Everyone Didn't matter if, if Eric was there in the qualifier. But the respect that I had for that guy, you know, and, and, and giving it my all when I referee, Like, giving it to the players to give them the best you can give, even if you've been knocked out, means a lot. Right? You have no bias in the game. Like I, I roomed with Avery Dross when he was playing with Belloff in the finals of Potstown. I was reffing and called Avery's Hands. We were in the same hotel room. Yep. And Avery comes to me and goes, you're my only fan. You're the only person who cares about me in this crowd. I go, Avery, it's not about you. I'm friends with Hudson and Mark too. Yeah, it's not. But I'm going to call it 50-50 no, no matter what I do. But it's an injustice if you sit down four feet away from the court and you don't give the people the same thing that you would want right great.
0: and it's cra- it's strange you mentioned Zon. Uh, rip god rest his soul just a great human being um talk because uh, we were on the conversation of people who are misunderstood uh, um, 100% yeah he, i still have he's, my he's, he's I the post, still have the, he's last, the poster boy for misunderstood
1: i still have the last text message on my phone from him and i'll never delete it in my life no it will always sit there at the bottom and what as much it,
0: what as what did it say? I came with my dick in my hand. You know, you <laughs> or name something it. Like that. I was the same guy who went
1: down to Florida with him for twelve hours. Mm-hmm. You know, drove in the car. He wanted to play Bobby Schmurda, like I, I wanted to kill him. Pull over to the side of the road and be like, "Come on, dude, just like tighten it to f up." He's calling U-Haul companies, talking about transporting gators. Like it, I mean, it, like I'm older, you know. I know this is funny to everybody it's hilarious they went, and they retrospectively went it. it's funny to you it's retrospectively but you know honestly I when Eric died like it was the east coast it was our guy you know what I mean and it was our guy and it was the one we were cheering for you know so I took solace out of I sat next to Shane Donahue right Shane Donahue I've always looked up to he's he's the most real MF-er him and Andrew Dentler are the most real MFers I've yep. I've met in, in volleyball. And they love me some Dentler. And and you know, I wasn't a part of ECM, East Coast Mafia. I was like in the Carolinas, but they accepted me and you know, I was older and they kind of gave me like that, you know, beat in punch in. And 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 same with Vaughn. And sitting next to Shane Donahue, who's a stone cold, if 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 you sit if you watch Shane Donahue play, that guy has a mentality like I'm the best thing and he, he's fun to watch. Right, he's a human specimen, six yeah. one, jumps out of the gym. Yeah, but to watch an iron guy like that, who who never shows emotion, right, and sitting next to him in the funeral, I'm by myself. He's next to his wife, and literally he's dying, crying, and I put my arm around that guy and I said, dude, you know, because his parents are talking about Shane introducing Eric to the game and how much Eric Shane meant to Eric, and I put my arm around that guy and I said, you know, we're in this together, basically. And just to have a guy like that start crying is big. I don't show emotion. That guy is like, the Hulk to me, and that was just a moment I'll never forget. And Josue Castillo down, you know, sit next to me, and Eric Lucas behind me, and his whole family. I mean, those are moments I'll never forget in my life. You know.
0: I liked his moments of compassion. I did. That man, um, if. It's crazy because people say you gotta get to know him to see that, and then and sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just random. In New York, the A.V.P. um, He went to Central Park with Avery Drost, and he told Trevor. um, Dougie Fresh came too. Ricardo. Cause I I mentioned something to Eric. I was like, it would mean everything in the world. So like somebody, there's a lot of kids that playing Central Park. I look up to you. There's the old school guys that know sure. who you are. And I said, just just fuck. I mean, it's the, I, I I'm stuck qualifiers. I'm with Jeff and Vandermeer. We gotta fucking play the Partains again. Um, I said it would mean everything in the world. If you just if you just rolled up, and I found out later because they took pictures. They took video. And he came back, I said, how did it go? He says, I I he says, I showed it with my dick in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Which is his way of saying, right? It's it's Zon. I mean, you are uh, the better translator of what that means to to what he was trying to say and, and how we were supposed to take it, but I didn't get it, but I got it. I didn't get it, but I, I couldn't. And I, dude, I couldn't stop. Like I spit out my drink. He caught me, and I think I that that's what he likes to do. I think sometimes he he just wants to say something to see if you're paying attention. Sure. Because sometimes if you ask someone, hey, good morning, how you doing? They're just gonna say fine, and they don't really care how you doing. They're just they're just saying how you doing because it's 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 instinctive. But Eric saying I I came with my whatever. I'm listening. I got you. And and hope... And, and by the way, holy shit! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mad love for that dude, man. Um, another East Coast. R.I.P. John Rose. I remember he, he passed yeah. away. great too, guy. So. Um, and um, and, you,
1: and you know I knew John. Um, mm-hmm. I knew John. He my sister was a, is an FBI agent, and she uh, was stationed in Hoboken mm-hmm. or Newark and lived in Hoboken and trained with John in CrossFit, and that's how I met John the first time when I when yeah. I played against him and. You want to talk about like a, a down to earth individual, like great guy, and just a, just a big loss for for the volleyball community. I mean, John's
0: John's a guy like if if you fight him, you, you you're probably you, if you get into a fist fight with him, he won you're his teammate. A week later, like Arézio Souza um, ended up yeah rear naked choke, yeah, him, slept him, yeah. John's tapping and Arézio's like. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, a week later, they win um, a Point Pleasant or something like that. Yeah. Or, uh, um, that's it. one of those. Instances. I remember I showed
1: up to a tournament with Hudson, and we were playing John in the first round. And John turned to me and goes, fuck, we're losing this game. And he, and he gave me all I can handle. And he told his girl, whoever he was dating at the time, because he always cycled through. But uh, he was like, ah, sorry, we played like one of the best teams here. We'll get him next round. I mean, he was just a good dude. I mean, would be there for you. Uh, great guy. Yeah. I mean, we'll miss him to death. I mean, adventurous. Obviously, cave diving is not the most safe thing in the world. But what are you going to do if things happen?
0: Yeah, look, every time I think about that, I think about my girl who's um – um. To to call her adventurous is an understatement. She likes to swim with sharks and sure. fucking pet sharks. I'm, you know, look, relationship stays intact because we we don't have to do every everything together. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not swimming with those sharks like shit's eye. Just come, you know, come along. Yeah, sure. Two words: emergency snack. No, I'm not. You know, so. You know, God bless him, man, and god, god god bless his whole family. God bless everyone in the volleyball community who was just shattered by it. Um John Stasel was a big a big fan of his and a close friend. They were por- uh, Friday night poker games consisted of John Rose and just yeah. just those guys that helped put um that put the Central Park courts there. Mm-hmm. They raised like a hundred and ten thousand dollars or something and they tore down one the one. And built two like beautiful level courts right next to across from where a Tavern on the Green used to be. Mm-hmm. So before we go, we're um, I want I want to wrap up in a minute, but I wanted to talk about the Olympic men's because I got a fan question uh, that was sent to me because I knew you were coming on the on the on the show. And basically, it was about Taylor Crab and Jake Jake Gibb and um mm-hmm. Triborn and Jake Gibb, and it's just, it's a volleyball question. Like which Who do you one would have done better? like, which one seemed like to be the better pair? Was it, was it... So, that's, I'll, g- I'll without, give you... Without stepping on toes, I mean, we're trying so, to finish this on a nice note.
1: So, I'll give you my aspect of that I don't know Jake Ibb, but I know the other three. Okay. And, uh, I think Triborn and Trevor mesh a lot better. And I think they, they 100%. would have done very well. Um, Triborn's also, the, I was in Atlantic City with him when John Rose was living. And, uh, I said, try, let's go put, you know, $100 down on red or black in, in the casino. And he was just like, so nervous, you know, whatnot. And, uh, kind of took me back that this guy's, you know, not not kind of a risk taker, but he, but what I saw from him there, and then I approached him again after, you know, his whole disease and what happened with him and when he was very skinny and, and, you know, kind of looked depleted the, the, that guy has the killer instinct, Right. You know he he was just kind of down in the dumps, and you see what he is. And that guy's a fighter, yeah, hundred his,
0: percent. His, dude, his first ball side out percentage was
1: his good. his his tenacity to get back on it. I mean, you could just see it in his eyes when I saw him, he was like a string bean in two thousand. I think it was two thousand seventeen in the Manhattan Beach Open. Yeah, he. I mean, he looked literally like he shouldn't be playing volleyball. And now where you see him, he he is traps blazing just another level of athlete. Like I I love his game. But on the flip side, you take Taylor you, you take uh Taylor Crab, right? So Taylor always kind of sh- you know, to me before I really got to know him was this kind of flamboyant, everything kind of came easy. Now, Taylor and I went to uh, Dave and Busters or uh, whatever it's called. The game and and I'm a pretty damn good athlete. This guy and beat me at every game in that place even almost baseball i think he beat me at or if not his girlfriend beat me at it okay like literally if it came down to pressing a button on the ticket machine hitting the the wheel of fortune he was trying to beat me and and i think in my head what kind of athlete like taylor crab has that kind of competitive nature where he goes i can't lose to anybody so in that respect, I feel like him and Jake and just the mentality of Taylor Crabb is on another level. I've never met any athlete like Taylor Crabb in terms of the, in the competitive nature. Like he was literally wanting to beat me. If it was to put a quarter in and grab a stuffed animal, he was wanting to beat me.
0: Yeah, that's um, – all right. So here's, here's my assessment. When, <laughs> here's the difference when – the thing I liked about Try and, and Gibb as a team – was when you when international teams play Jake and Ta- Jake and, and Gib uh, Jake and Taylor? Sure, they have a decision to make on who they're going to serve.
1: Sure, with, they didn't with Born and Gibb. they didn't know who to serve. No, they
0: did know who to serve. They not serve them right. Bread. It's like when <laughs> Conor
1: McGregor fought Chad Mendes. Yeah. Chad Mendes said, "I fought you on three weeks' notice." Conor McGregor said, yeah. "I fought you on three weeks' notice too." It's the no, same. But, it's the same principle. No one knew how to attack Jake and but, Try, but they knew not to serve Try yes
0: with that that was the only difference they knew if it was jake and tried they're serving jake all the way with with jake and and taylor they had a decision but if
1: you looked in that first game they tried to test try in that first pool play game and then they kind of scout that was the only scouting
0: out percentage was it It was ridiculous it was he was first yeah by a lot it was 83 percent, 83 point something percent it was ridiculous now here's where i like jake and taylor better jake when taylor got a dig you almost knew he's going to get the tra- the point sure every time he gets a dig and he's got that hold sometimes he does a lazy dip and and any and and the, the the speed of the ball he just misses all together it's like all right that one got away but when he gets a dig you almost you you are at the edge of your seat because you you just want to know how not if 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 he's going to get the kill in transition i think Jake and Taylor were better on transition because of Jake but i think the um, their blocking and their side out game was more dominant because Try w- was allowed to jump serve more, and, and Jake didn't really need the jump serve. So sure. whatever, he just you know.
1: So I would and, have liked if Jake jump served more.
0: Yeah, but that but I they I, they had a lot of good success because it's like when you have a new girlfriend you're in this honeymoon phase it's like wait we got this in common Whoa, oh shit you don't know, like mayonnaise either me neither so they, they, they're still feeling at each other all of these good qualities they, they just they got together and, and, and they it translated to the game really well and, broom. And, they, and I don't they, did they beat Alessandro and Alvaro in pool right? they did Yeah. So wait wait
1: no 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 Um, Phil and Nick beat sorry Um. yeah
0: no so they beat Um. no they didn't beat Qatar no one was beating Qatar
1: in that pool Um. they lost wait uh, they had to Gib, win one game. Gib, the, uh, yeah. Uh, game. Gib and Try beat. Um, God, I got. It was a pool.
0: tough. All I know is the Americans had two tough ass pools too, and they come out sec Both of them would come out second. They lost to Qatar, the
1: right? At they the beat end. Switzerland, yeah, and they beat. Um, well, Jake and Taylor weren't going be to right. beat Qatar either. They beat Adrian, yeah.
0: right? Oh, Carambola. yeah, yeah, and Rosie. And that's a team I think Jake and Jake Taylor and Gibb beat as well. If I uh,
1: you know, and, and I don't know Jake personally, and I feel like I would have a great relationship with Jake if I met yeah. him off the court. He's easy going. Um I think Jake Gibb <sighs> is the most decorated volleyball player other than Phil.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're both riding off into the sunset this year, right? I
1: think These... what Jake has done consistently, I mean God par- didn't bless him partners. God didn't bless him with the best bounce bounce in the game no but the guy's court vision the way he blocks the way he lets his defenders play around him he takes what he needs to take yeah and the way he can hit high and deep into the seam and angle i mean i think he's the second best blocker to ever play but i also know i
0: sound like i'm repeating myself but he's as far as partners where you don't have to deal with your partner i get that from him I get like you don't have to deal with him. He's like just we if we need to be here at this time, boom, we're here. We're this. There's no There's no. Oh, fuck, he takes it There's No freaking drama with that. Sure, guy. you know, you know what I'm saying? you know what and, you're getting out of it. And I know everyone felt bad for for Taylor Crab having to pull out of this and that. And I'm the whole time I'm like, Taylor, bro, I love you. You cool, and, I, and I'm glad you gave me an interview. But I gotta say something. Jake was the one I felt worse for than Taylor. Taylor, really? I mean Taylor, with the with what he had to what he had to go through the last two years with the allegations and all that stuff. To me, it was like OJ getting caught with another dead girl. Sure, yeah.
1: You know, uh, but <laughs> and
0: and and for Jake, even though he knew it wasn't Taylor's fault, there had to be a part of him that was like, here we, you know, like I support my brother, but damn, why does it why does it always have to be a fucking show, you know? Um, I'm here, but yeah. why is the other show? Going? And yeah. J- and Taylor, I mean. The rare occasion he might listen to is my message is stay off, stay the fuck off of social media, dude. Like if someone doesn't want says if USA Volleyball says don't coach juniors, don't post on Instagram. I had a great time coaching juniors. It's a different that is just willfully ignorant. It's or, a, or that's like they're it's
1: uh, a different mentality. You're yeah. you and I are both older, right? Like, yeah. um, quit reading into the whole the whole bullshit. Basically, yeah. I just know from meeting or from being friends with Trevor and Taylor. Uh huh. And, and Trevor, I would, uh, you know, like if Trevor and I went in Dave and Buster's or we played any other sport, mm-hmm. Trevor and I would probably go 60-40 yeah. or 50-50. And Trevor's a, a nasty competitor. I love his shit talking. But when Taylor and I step up, that guy's got a look in his eye like he wants to f and kill me. Yeah, Like he wants to drown me. Yeah, And that's yeah. hard to find in a person. And and Magic. I've played a l- with a lot of baseball players like David Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mark you know reynolds hard people for someone
0: of his height oh to be player of the year ncaa abca player of the year Long he Beach won't even state. let
1: you get like one foot in front of the door if you're gonna hold the door open
0: i'll say that again <laughs> 2013 Lumpy state outside hitter the man the one player of the year um i only knew him because i have, I have a friend luis mendez um they, there's a team called hustle and flow and um uh, ren osborne was the third a third string outside. That yeah. said third string to who? It was Taylor Sander and Taylor Craft. But go, ahead, sorry.
1: And here's another thing you you might not think about. When he transitioned, and he's going to play with his brother eventually, probably Paris 2024, and I'm going to be happy to see those guys play together. Yeah. But when you look at him from 2016 to 2020 and he mm-hmm. he he made the switch maybe 2018 to Jake. Yeah, from his brother. And his, and they both they both you know, did very well switching.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the first brother versus brother match was 2017, so it was even before that.
1: But when I first met Taylor, and he probably doesn't remember this, and he'll probably be like, "Well, dude, what are you, the hell are you talking about?" When I first met him with San Francisco, I think it was like 2016. Mm-hmm. He was he was playing with Trevor at the time, and they made I think the semifinals. And he's out at the bar getting effed up beyond belief. The bouncer is – and I didn't know him personally. If I knew him the way I do – if I knew Taylor the way I know him now, I would have dragged him myself. But yeah. I was like, this is a cocky, arrogant mf'er." Like I didn't know him. I just knew of athletes like him. Yeah. The bouncer's dragging him out by his neck and going, dude, you're out of here. And he's playing in the semifinals of the AVP San Francisco the next day. Can you imagine when Jake got a hold of him? He said – Jake probably said, all right, listen, kid – all this is done. You're changing your ways. If you want to make a run at the sport and be a legend, you follow my path. And look, look at him now. Yeah, look, he's. It's that switch that he turned. I
0: like when he keeps the mood light. The first time I met Taylor, 2015, he's playing with Spencer McLaughlin, who's um Sporaz's assistant. Hey, dude, at UCLA. he's great. Yeah, great dude. Um, and I call him the dirty. I call Taylor dirty white boy because. He's playing and it's 98 degree weather. It's at the Hudson Pier. It's hot as hell, and he's playing with sleeves. He's playing with a sweater. And didn't take off his shirt until the third round qualifier. He was in the qualifier. He had to qualify. But in the background, and they loop the song, Dirty White Boy, by a foreigner. Oh, because I'm a dirty white boy. So every time I see him play, and this is ridiculous of me. I think of the song Dirty White Boy. So so occasionally I'll be like, that's a good shot by Dirty by Dirty White Boy. And I'm like, I, I gotta stop saying that. And I'm not I'm not gonna say this until the shit sticks. But anyway, Jake, um, sorry, Taylor Crab, mad respect, mad love for you. You you're a knucklehead sometimes, but the sport loves you and I and and we love you even more. So that's just me being real. Yeah. Better that it comes from because to me how I feel about people is always Always, one, it's always going to be open and notorious. And two, it's not something I would not say to him. Yeah, Like, there's, there's a bunch of things I said and to players and commentators. I said, I, I'm like, look, better that you hear from me now sure. than for me to smile on your face and act like I'm a fan and then talk behind your back and, That's and not I'll, how I roll.
1: And I'll leave you at these two points. The, Please. the one, um, I'll always say that you can always measure a guy by his competitive nature on and off the court, but it really matters how you are off the court. Like Taylor Crab might seem arrogant, but when you're one-on-one with him, cool like dude. I cool dude picked up my dinner the first time. You yep. didn't have to do that. Yeah. I should have gotten you dinner. Like I'm older than you, it should be the older sure. guy gets the younger guy. Yeah, dinner, that's what right? I was thinking. I'll that. never, I'll never forget that. Right. So like next week when I run into him, I'll be like now, now it's my turn. Right. Mm-hmm. I owe you dinner. So respect. You know, respect off the court means more than shit talking in the court. Because I shit talk like crazy. I don't say shit no. when I play. But if you make a bad call on me, or you you want to go like the worst thing you can do is talk crap to me because that gets me going. Right? No, it's like getting
0: Popeye spinning. Exactly.
1: Like I'm I'm the ve- I am very quick with chirping it right back to you. But the relationships you make. Off of the court, and I tell Kevin, I tell Nolan, I tell a lot of these younger guys, the relationships you make off of the court go a long way. The difference, and I'll give you an example, like where I am right now. I'm a month in Hermosa Beach, right? I'm a li- I'm staying in a two million dollar house by myself. I have a three thousand dollar e bike, a you know seven thousand um, dollar golf cart that I can take out at my disposal. Did I get that from being a dickhead? No. No. No, you're... you're so you're, you're whatever relationships you make in volleyball, make them off the court. Be that real person. Buy that person a drink. It doesn't matter if they have X amount of millions of dollars. That will sink in their head. Mm-hmm. Be respectful because it, you never know when you're going to need a place to stay, a pickup from the airport, um, whatever, a, a connection with partners, that goes a million degrees.
0: Yep. Yeah. And that's a perfect place to leave it. <laughs> we have a choice to actually put in a new file for the podcast. or we could just wrap <laughs> up here. But I think, I think we've done enough damage. <laughs> we could be here all night. Oh, my God. No doubt. Me, I gotta, um, I'm meeting up with Wendy Jones from the Optimist Journal. We got um, a lot left. <laughs> in fact, in fact, if you want to join us later? we we're, we're yeah, yeah. We're doing like a, a half a happy hour, half dinner thing. Okay. At the place that used to be Rebel Republic. It's across from Sharkey's on on the pier on the strip, in Hermosa Beach. Which which um, street is that? It. I forgot what it's called. It's the George Lopez restaurant. or The new um Lope, um, it's the pier. Basically, the pier, uh, Hermosa Pier. Hermosa pier Beach right? Pier. So like yeah, 8th street. Well, yeah. Okay. Eighth Street. Yeah. So I'll send I'll do I'll send you a text. I'm supposed to. Sure. winner. Um, she's magnificent off she's like a kind of a positive energy person has a podcast has yeah my, sorry.
1: sorry she was on 100 right
0: yeah yeah she's my she's my pick all along she's good she's she's, good girl. she's fucking awesome she's also my travel wife okay <laughs> you know i went to coconut beach she's like Can I come? i'm like yeah i'm like i'm going to atlantic city she's like i want to come too i'm like sure nice. so she's been my travel wife hey is it um people who want to know more about mark Fornacari? do you have a instagram handle we could just yeah we could just it's that.
1: Uh, mdf and then O R N is a Nancy A C one eight. Nice. It's like fornicate. There it
0: is. So listen, for all of you at home, this guy might love you, but I can't stand you. In fact, I'm out of here, alright? I'm done with you. For all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your iPhones at Starbucks, trying to get that evening coffee, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school. For my man, Mark Fonakari. I'm Jason DeBeas. This is episode one. Yeah, get your Red Bulls. I'm going to hit my music. We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optionvb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports handle. You're going to love what you hear.